This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that is still wondering how Masuaku scored that goal, let alone who he actually is. Uh, now, after an abysmal, abysmal performance, but thankfully a win against Watford, we all wanted a better performance and, of course, a win against West Ham. With West Ham fourth in the league, they were no mugs, and we had City and Liverpool breathing down our necks. It was never going to be a walk in the Olympic Park. And so it proved, but uh, not quite how any of us expected. Frankly, it was a game Chelsea should never have lost, having led twice through Thiago Silva and a Mason Mount Worldy. But two bad defensive errors gifted the gratefully happy Hammers two goals. But still, we could have won and certainly not lost. That was until Masuaka, or whatever his bloody name is, attempted to cross the ball in from the left and shanked it like a bad golf shot and the ball faded into the top corner of the goal, eluding Mondi, who was looking to defend said cross. Uh, anyway, we've all seen it before and shit happens in football. But what is of more concern is the ever-growing casualty list at Chelsea with Chalobah, Chilwell, Kante, Kovacic and now Jorginho, Alonso and Havertz all injured right in the middle of our busiest spell of games yet. All round a very annoying weekend. And the title of the show tonight, in homage to the good old Buzzcocks. People who know them will get this. The title of the show is Moise and Noise. The Chelsea Fancast number 857. And a very good evening to Mr Keard. Lovely to be on the show, Chidge. I don't. I was never a Buzzcocks fan no. other than... Other than um, uh, the lead singer always used to uh, close his eyes whenever he sang, which yeah. was a bunch of But, but JK, have you ever fallen in love with somebody you shouldn't have fallen in love Funny with? enough, you've just absolutely ruined the moment I was about to say. I'm sorry. I was about to say, but interestingly enough, I have fallen in love with someone I shouldn't have fallen in love with. Yeah. But 
was a very, very long time ago, and happily I can't remember anything about it unless somebody mentions something about it, very similar to us doing 50 years of Chelsea, where somebody mentions a goal and I go, oh, I remember that. Now. Well, you know, it could have been worse because I, I could have said, are you an orgasm addict? Oh, I remember that one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happily I'm not. Because it, it, I, I keep it in a velvet bag in, in a chest of drawers. I've locked it off temporarily. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there is that stage of my life there's so. a brilliant there's so many brilliant lines in that you know a, a habit for kicks um what is it called oh it's a habit that sticks he's an orgasm addict it's a brilliant song for those of you who never heard it go and google it uh right who else have we got on the show tonight jk oh well it just so happens that he's we saw him the other day we did on friday we did and he was he was excellent then and he'll be excellent now and i'm very pleased that that we have the, the the prolific, the amusing Twitter literati man, Twitterati <laughs> man, the uh, the, um, uh, the 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 Radio Five Live bastion recently. The uh, he is uh, he's very good, isn't he, everybody? Yes, it's Dan Silver. Thank you very much for the lovely words and all this stuff being like a harmony in my head. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Lovely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love the Buzzcocks. I won't have a bad word said against them. Anyway, good to see you, Dan, again. Lovely to see JK, of course, as always. Uh, now, on the show tonight, in part one, we discuss the defensive errors that cost us and the freak goal that killed us and applaud the fact that Mason Mount is back. Uh, in part two, we discuss how Moyes' changes worked and ours did not, how we lost the midfield battle and bemoan the fact that we were still wasteful up front. Uh, we also discuss what amounts to an injury crisis. Tuchel being grumpy and ask, should we reset our expectations or is this just a blip? And in part three, we have the results of this week's fannies for the West Ham match, answer some questions from Discord, and we have a couple of emails to read out. And, 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 we will be drawing the winner of our Art of Football giveaway. Ooh, I've got, actually, I'll show, I'll show the chaps, right? The time-honoured... Chelsea fan cast. It's very appropriate, really, because we had the FA Cup draw tonight, didn't we, where Chelsea have got Chesterfield at home. They don't do their draw with bits of paper in a Guinness glass, though, do they? This is how you should do all football draws, right? And there are 19 names on these pieces of paper, and I will draw one out, and they will get the uh, they will get the, be the lucky recipient of a £30 Art of Football gift voucher. So that's at the end of part three. And in part four, we round up the show with our preview of the Zenit versus Chelsea game, which is on Wednesday night in the Champions League. Now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. Live. Thank you. Uh, every Monday at 7pm by going, or actually 8 o'clock tonight, I should add, uh, because me and JK have just done an hour already. I mean, we're, JK and I are going to need some serious stimulating drugs by the end of this evening to stay awake, I think. But uh, we've just done an hour on BBC Radio London uh, doing a, a Chelsea fans show uh, with our old mate Aaron Paul, haven't we, JK? That was fun, wasn't it? Was, it? We did, and it was great, great fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there we go. When we do that on a Monday, we'll be starting at 8 o'clock on a Monday. And as you know, we often do it on a Tuesday too. So, I mean, I say Monday every Monday. I'm lying. Uh, anyway, if you want to join in the fun on Mixler, as many, 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 many of you do, uh, very active, very, very active uh, chat group. All very good on there. Loads of people in there. I won't bore you all with reading who every, who's on there, but I'd like to say hello. Hello to the people in Mixler. We love you. Anyway, if you want to come join in with them, uh, you go to mixler.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. And there you go. And we are at Chelsea fancast on every conceivable uh, piece of social media. Okay. Apart from the naughty ones, if you see what I mean. Anyway, we'll be back after this very short break.
So JK, 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 as you well know, I mean, because even I know you were there. I know you were at uh, uh, the, what, what did we decide to call it? The London Stadium or something? Yeah, the London Stadium. Yeah. I know I know you were there, bless you. Um, but even even you knew that I was so excited by the first uh, monumentous event of the day, which is me getting the team selection spot on. And I announced this to you all on WhatsApp, didn't I? Yes, yes. And I think it's the first time in... Um... In Tuchel's reign, isn't it? We've, we've. Um, I think I, I, I was almost right. I gave it the possibility that. Um, uh, um, well, I was one out, wasn't I? Did I not? Um, um, actually, you, you flirted with the idea of Werner playing, but then you decided on your, your little. Well, everybody at home, Chid just got a little, a kind of, not a chess set, but it, it shows you in little pictures in a kind of graphic all the team and how they're going to be laid out, which is always very impressive. And uh, and that was exactly right. But then you did hedge your bet slightly by saying Werner might go in, but but that's that's taking your thunder from you because that's not fair because you were spot on in this setup mm. and uh, in the setup you had. So congratulations. Well, I was happy, and I have to say, uh, as you can imagine, due to that, I had absolutely no complaints. I mean, it was, I mean, we'll we'll do this to death in part two probably a little bit more, but. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember, well, JK's fabulous fan bite really said it all, as he as he so eloquently does after every match. Um, but just to pick out a few things really from the first half. And the first thing I want to pick out, Dan, really is the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Thiago Silva, who, who you know, we were, I think we were so dominant over West Ham in that early period of the match. And it was a shame, really, that it was just, we only had one silver goal to show yeah. for it. But it was a cracking goal. But actually, even better than that, I thought, was his goal line clearance literally 30 seconds afterwards. Yeah, I mean, just sums up what a superb player he is. You know, fantastic. Got himself free, bullet heaven for net. But then he's reading the game superbly, cleared the ball off the line. I mean, just what an... Oh, I just wish we could sign him at 27. He is... I'm just lost for words how good he is, how effortless he makes the game. He's just such a phenomenal, phenomenal defender. And he, he just got a smile on his face. And I love the fact that his family have taken to the club and he's just really kind of really, you know, immersed himself in the whole Chelsea culture. I think he's just been absolutely fantastic. And, you know, he's played three games a week at 37. I mean, looks after himself clearly as a, you know, off the field. And uh, brilliant. I, I love him. I love yeah. him. He's almost got my name. Uh, he has. We have to start. We have to, you have to change from Chiellini to the real central defender, best yeah. central defender in the world, mate. Yeah. Dan Silva. Yeah, was, was, Chich, was, was there ever a time when he was um, linked with Chelsea? Because I think he made a statement, didn't he, that he wished he'd come to Chelsea earlier. I so think... there, must, there must have been a moment, mustn't there, where he was a uh, possibility. To be really honest, I, I can't remember, you know, I really can't remember. I'm trying to think maybe when he was at PSG, but that was, you know, not that long before we, we would have got him. I, I remember when we were yeah. playing PSG in the Champions League a lot, there might have been a little bit of talk there. Do you remember that, Dan? No, I don't think he's one of the players we never linked with because I think he went mm. from Brazil, I think, straight to AC Milan, I think, at, at that point. And he had a really good career at AC Milan, then, then PSG. So he's one of the players I don't think we ever linked with. Well, in, um, indeed. I mean, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because we, we, we've we been not slow to, to, to recognise just how fantastic he is, really. Um, but but he, he really is superb. So given that, it was very disappointing, I think, that you know ultimately, as, as JK and I were saying earlier, we lost this match, really, because of defensive errors and uh the first one um i mean it's interesting isn't it actually because i remember we talked about this on friday too that there, there was an element of panic 
about the Chelsea defence against Watford because they were pressing us very, very aggressively and putting players under pressure. And when they're put under pressure, they do strange things or stupid things. And it didn't really seem like this with, with this first goal that West Ham scored because basically, you know, Jorginho underhit that pass in my view, but I think they're both culpable. I think Mendy should have recognised the danger and stuck his foot through it, JK. Why didn't he? Oh, even from my um, my vantage point, the eerie, um, you know, next to the uh, the nesting seagulls, it was so far up. Um, we all agreed around us that he should just have hoofed it. But also, I still don't understand why he tackled Bowen in the way he did, because Bowen was going away from the goal. He could just have, have stood there and... Um, and and screened it you know he could have just stopped him and then waited for somebody to there were two would have been two players on the goal line coming around behind him at that moment because of the because Bowen he wasn't as if he gave it to Bowen who scored he he tracked after him because he lost the ball and then decided to put in a really ridiculous tackle you know like a kind of sort of strange crab-like thing and you think what was going through his head then and uh and you know my my heart sank and then, of course, we went up the other end and, and um, uh, Mount scores a fabulous goal. So I thought, well, we're not going to lose this game. But li- little does one appreciate the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the events that the gods have for you. There I am at the gods, you know, and, and, and we'll get on to it. But the, the Havertz injury was a well, big one. Who do you blame for the goal predominantly? Is it, is it both of them at fault? I think so, really. Or is it Jorginho for underhitting the pass, not, not being aware enough to see Bowen charging through? I, I think it was. Um, I, I actually blame Mondi for it. Actually, I, 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 I think regardless of the uh, uh, the pace of the ball coming to him, it wasn't as if it was you know allowed a West Ham player to get it, and it was still there for him to boot. I don't know why he then decided that he would you know reveal to the world that his dribbling skills aren't very aren't um, weren't great that day. And as I say, Bowen was still moving away from the from the goal with the ball. So why on earth did he tackle him like that? I know I'm my my my. Blame monitor, I'm afraid, is for is for Mandy. Dan, yeah, hundred percent agree. I think you know it wasn't the best back pass, but Mondi had time before Bowen closed him down to get rid of it. So I think you know I think Jorginho is an easy one to blame. I think if you go on the on the socials, but I think Mondi had plenty of time to hoof it out or get rid of it. So yeah, I think I think yeah. this one's down to Mondi. Yeah, I, I think he should have hoofed the ball. Really, I mean, he should have recognised that Jorginho. I mean, Jorginho did a poor pass. He underhit it and. He clearly wasn't aware that Bowen was moving in. Um, but that said, you know, that wasn't the, the end of the story. You know, I think Mendy should have put his foot through it. I think the I think the second goal's a bit more complex because it wasn't necessarily a really obvious error. But the way I read this, um, I thought that Alonso did very poorly. Uh, I think uh, and uh, Rudiger did poorly with Antonio's original header. And then uh, Alonso did very poorly with whoever the West Ham player was who kind of done knocked it through to Bowen. And then Rudiger again did poorly with Bowen, who then shot it through his legs and Mendy didn't really see it. So I went through Christensen's legs. Sorry, Christensen's legs. I apologise. I would agree completely, Chidge, in the... It it was uh, Alonso's kind of strange scuff of it that put it through to Bowen, which was um, similarly a, a, a very elementary error. Similarly, he should have just. Well, and Rudiger was equally once culpable again, in that. Equally too. culpable. Yeah, yeah, they both were. Yeah, it was a it was a bizarre moment once again because we were all over them. You know, they they tried to make out even on match of the day that somehow they, all their plans were working. And I know we said that our midfield was overrun. We still had chance after chance after chance after chance. 
to put the game to bed. Yeah, it's kind of we were like gifting it to them, really, weren't we, Dan? And it was very annoying because, you know, that's the point when you're when you're on top and you know you you literally get on top by scoring. The last thing you want is for a team to come back into it. And I think you know West Ham are a good side, and you know they have a lot of West Ham fans in there that make a quite a racket, even though it's a bit of a weird stadium. And you could just you can tell, can't you? You know when that when a team gets their gets gets a steam up, and they that second goal really gave them a lot of impetus. I think. Yeah, that took the game away from us. I think <clears throat> you know, but but they you know, West Ham have beaten Liverpool, Leicester, and Spurs. They're, they're no mugs, so you know they, they beat Liverpool fairly well the other week. So it's one of those games, you know, as J.K. was saying, we had, could have had the game put to bed in the first half. Had a couple of chances, second half didn't take our chances, and mm. Bugs. To, you know, it was a game of mistakes. It wasn't that West Ham were better than us or anything else. We just made individual mistakes. Yeah, definitely. It cost, it cost us three goals. Well, I, I mean, the last one I don't think was a mistake, although I know that there's a debate to be had. Oh, I know. Let's have it. Um, but uh, Musak, I'm going to call him Musaka because it just sounds right for me that way. I know he's not called yeah, that name, yeah. but I'm going to call him a bit like, uh, what's that wonderful idiot manager up at uh, Newcastle? Joe Kinnear. Yeah. Who yeah. used to call Derek Lambius Lambuna, and he used to call um, Charles Zogbia Insomnia. Insomnia. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to be the Joe Kinnear of the Chelsea fan cast, and I'm going to call Makuasa uh, Musaka. Anyway, it was a freak goal in my opinion. Um, he shanked, as I said in the intro, he was clearly trying to cross it, and he kind of you know a bit like a goal shot. He faded it, you know, by mistake. But uh, I mean, actually, just a couple of other things that that caught my eye about that. Apparently, that's only the third time Chelsea have scored. Uh, sorry, conceded two goals. Only the third time Chelsea have conceded three goals, I think, under Thomas Tuchel. It also reminded me, Dan, of... I mean, I had an absolutely bird's-eye view of this from Gate 17. Remember that goal that uh, Cissé scored for Newcastle? Yes. Yeah. Although yeah. I think he meant that. I don't think... Oh, that, yeah, yeah. That, I don't Cissé think Masaki meant, meant this. But there you go. No, he, he didn't. He even said afterwards on the socials, oh, I'm surprised myself that went in. I think he gave across just, you know... One of those days, you do it a hundred times, it'll go, it'll go wide. One of those just freak goals, and with three minutes to go, that's pretty much, you know, game it's over. Game over, wasn't come it? Back from that. Yeah, won't come back from that. Listen, the, 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 these things happen. You know, West, West Ham were a decent side. Moyes has had the time; he's built them into a, a really tough side to beat. They've got some very good players. They're well organised, and they, they just, you know, they, they got a win. Mm. You know, one of those, it just it has them think. You know what? It didn't fall for us that day, and that's it. That happens. It's football. You know, you'd think that Liverpool won the league the way people were reacting after the game, and then yeah, you think Man City won the league. You know, yeah. listen, we just we lost the game. It's perspectives needed. Oh, no. I agree. JK, yeah. can I just say I, I don't think they're a very good side at all, and I think we were all over them and should have given them an absolute drubbing. Yeah. What do you think meant that meant? Do you, I mean, I, I know I talked to you about this earlier, which is why I wanted to pick your brains on it. But you you think Mendy could have done better for for that third goal, don't you? Well, he took his eye off it. And I understand why he took his eye off it, because he was looking to see who was coming in because he expected a cross. But it's a bit fatal when you're when a player is about to, you know, you, you're you, you really should be. I don't know. It's difficult. isn't it? Clayton's the man to speak about this as a goalkeeper, but he set himself for the cross. He didn't set himself for it coming anywhere near him. And, and that was the problem was he actually adjusted. You could see him. He looked over. He then looked straight ahead of himself, adjusted for, for a shot or whatever was going to come in and then saw the ball sailing towards him. And by then it was too late. So it was a freak goal. 
uh, but uh, perhaps that's something that he can learn in future that he needs to be slightly more aware of where the shot's going to go you know no I don't think you can blame him but it was just you know once again I'll say you know having seen the last 10 minutes of 15 minutes of us just absolutely pummeling them and the ball ricocheting and going out for corner after corner I don't, I don't think they were very good Dan I, I really oh, don't well, I, well yeah we'll uh, more of that later um I just want to read you this Dan because uh I thought it was very interesting what Tuchel had to say about uh, Mendy. Uh, and he said, uh, Edu is going through a bit of a rough period. I don't know why. He's lost a little bit of confidence. You're on mute, mate. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I mean, it's the first time we've let in goals, you know, for a while. So maybe, you know, he's, he's such high standards he set for himself. Maybe he has had a slight confidence lock. But I don't, I don't know why, because it's not like he hasn't made any major ricks. He hasn't kind of made a... A huge error. And mate, listen, the whole listen, the whole team is not performing at its highest level. We have we lost the protection of some of the midfield and the defence is all over the shop as well. So maybe it's a combination of factors. Well because we know we're, we're nowhere near as solid as we have been. I mean, you know, Rudiger had a bit of a mad game. Yeah. And just say quickly, I think they were affected by the Watford game, actually, to an extent, because I think there was so much pressure put on them by Watford. And I think and he was he found it difficult to get because he was being so pressurised all the time. I think there was a, a slight um, uh, hangover from that because I think he was, he'd he been slightly unnerved by the fact that the Watford players were on him all the time. And I think that was what, that was particularly for the first goal, why he was a bit jittery. Mm, I think that's a really good point, mate. Now, uh, talking about people being at their best or not, I think we, if we were being very, very fair and reasonable, we would say that uh, because we all love Mason Mount, hugely but I, I would say he hasn't been at his best this season I mean he was superb for us last season but this season for one reason or another possibly being overstretched because of the European Championships of course he's had injuries he had his wisdom tooth but I have to say when you see Mason Mount score a goal like the one he scored on Saturday you just realize what we have on our hands here I mean I mean most people would have absolutely... I mean, you know, it's hard enough. Anybody who's played football knows how hard it is to to time it and volley a ball properly when it's... Because that, that went from one side of the pitch to the other. But most people would have absolutely walloped it. He didn't. He volley-placed it right inside the post. I mean, it was absolutely brilliant. I'm just going to read you this stat, and then I'm going to bring Dan in, all right? But uh, he's now been involved, uh, directly involved, in more goals in all competitions under Thomas Tuchel than any other Chelsea player uh, that's 18. That's 11 goals and seven assists. The question is, Dan, is Mason Mount back? He definitely looks like he's on his way back. I mean, also, I think credit to Ziyech, because Ziyech put the ball absolutely on the money. It was absolutely a perfect ball. You kind of watch from one angle, you kind of watch Mount watching it, watching it, watching it, time the shot perfectly. But that ball was just phenomenal. I mean, lost for words how good the ball was. And Mount, cracking finish, watched the ball, as you say, technique was superb. And, you know, he got an assist and a goal against Watford, he's def- just beginning to like, look like his best. Looks like he's put a bit more weight on because he looked a bit like he lost some weight because of the whole um, wisdom tooth issue. But he's just looking... Let's see, he's 22. He's played non-stop for, what, three, four years now? He's nearly played 150 games, hasn't he, or something? Yeah, because he had crazy. a whole season at Derby. This is the whole season... Well, he had Vitesse, then Derby, then Chelsea, then Chelsea. No, I think he's played nearly 150 for Chelsea. Yeah. Well, yeah. Two, se- two seasons? And I kind of played... Well, I, I, I'm sure I read it somewhere. No, I can't have done because he only had two full seasons with us. Because Lamp, oh no, well, James has played. Oh, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. Lampard 
two seasons. Yeah, you're probably not far short of 150. Yeah, yeah. But the technique, just the way he, oh, it's, it's a fabulous goal. And the best thing was when they they panned Declan Rice's face after he scored. And yeah, Rice was brilliant. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, that was that was brilliant actually. I enjoyed yeah. that. Um, J.K., you're looking very pensive. No, no, I just was intrigued that, that I agree with you, Dan, completely. It was a fabulous pass from Zayek, who um, I just think is playing pretty well. And, uh, um, you know, social media would have him transferred in January. But I, I think Tuchel's pleased with his, with his performance. He likes him. He likes him very much. I think he sees that the, he's having to adapt his game to the Premier League, but he's, he's achieving it. Um, uh, and, yeah, it was, a, it was a completely fabulous goal. I think you're absolutely right that the, the big thing was his... Was apparently he lost weight because of the, the, uh, the he couldn't eat, could he? No, he couldn't. That's right. That's exactly right. So uh, then he wasn't. Obviously, they work out the, the you know, they're so scientifically advanced. They're working out the optimum weight for you, um, for you to be the best athlete you can possibly not, be. Not a pound over, mate. No, it shows you how just like me. Unbelievably, and all of us here. All of us. <laughs> well, we, we, are, we are lean. Have you seen how slim I've got, mate? Oh, you Have are. You seen? So, Look, I, I breathe I, in. Hey, hey, I know. Hey, Chidge, I, I am, I am, I'm impressed. I've Chidge. lost two stone, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, and I've, I've, um, I was actually told yesterday to stop losing weight because I'm the same weight now that I was 20 years ago. Well, that, mate, most people would cut their arm off for that at your age. So I think, you know, don't. At, at, at 75, you mean? Are you that young? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, amazing. But it was it was a brilliant goal, and I, I, I'm you know we all want to see him get back to well. You see, this you know you can't say get back to his best amount because you don't quite know what his best is. Because I think the world is his oyster. I think he's he's that good for us. I absolutely love the kid, and it, it was just so delighted to to see him score and also wind up the Hammers fans with you know the whole cupping of the year thing and. Declan Rice, who's no, you know, that's the point. I think the Declan Rice look was like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, because he knows how good he is. And it's just like, no, you know, it's brilliant. Absolutely didn't, brilliant. Didn't Tommy Tuchel mention that Declan Rice was a, was a, a um, almost one of our own, was a Chelsea boy. Oh, yeah, he was being, being a bit naughty there, wasn't he? he brilliant. Was being, he was being naughty yeah. and was very, very friendly with And all the squad, most of the squad knew him because he was their mate. You think, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, mm, indeed. Um, Nathan, the lovely Nathan, who uh, of course runs the uh, the the Chelsea Grave Society, has uh, Nathan is a man for a stat, as we all know, and he's actually informed me that it's in fact 125 games that Mounts played. So I was only only 25 out, so that's not too bad for me. Uh, right, we're going to have a very quick break, uh, and then we've got so much more to talk about in part two. A little bit lopsided, these parts. I've not, not done a good job on the running order today. I'm sorry. Uh, but before we do that, of course, it's time to plug the good old fanzine, CFC UK. Uh, I, I've got, a, I think, the deadline's this week for me to pen an article for them, so that means one's out very imminently. I would imagine at the Everton game, if I was a, bet, a betting man, um, but if you can't get to uh, Fulham Broadway, the stall opposite Fulham Broadway on a match day, you can still get a copy of CFC UK because you can subscribe. Now, if you're in the UK, uh, a year subscription will cost you 16 quid. Individual copies will cost you £2 each. Now, these are the proper actual physical copies. Uh, and you can pay using PayPal and the address to send your PayPal money to is fanzine at CFC UK. Dot net, but I would email fanzine at cfcuk.net 
first, just to say, I would like to subscribe to your wonderful fanzine for one year and I'm prepared to pay you 16 English pounds to do that. Now, if you live in Europe, uh, it'll cost you a bit more because, of course, it's more to post it. So it's 35 quid in Europe and 45 quid in the rest of the world. But you can, <coughs> excuse me, you can get a digital subscription which means it gets emailed to you in a beautiful PDF format, and that costs six quid for a season. Individuals are, guess what, only a pound. Um, so it's obviously cheaper if you live abroad to get it digitally. So there you go. Um, either way, uh, you know, email fanzine at cfcuk.net uh, with your uh, full address details if you want one sent to you, or just uh, an email address, of course, if you want it PDF to you, and then you can pay by PayPal. And there you go. We will be back very soon. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chidge, and Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. Whoop. Uh, I'm going to be monitoring your whoops tonight. I suspect them to tail off considerably over the next hour. Okay. I know you've eaten before the show, so I know you should have lots of energy. I've just had a mince pie. Have you now? Don't make me jealous. I'm, I'm banned from mince pies. Mind you, I was saying that I had about six of them at the weekend. So there you go. Anyway, uh, we've also got the wonderful Dan Tiago Silva. Am I allowed to whoop? You're, you can whoop, whoop as much as you like, Whoopy mate. Whoop. There yeah. we go. Love yeah. it. Whooptastic. Whooptastic indeed. So there we go. Now, um, this is a, a kind of like a bit of a teaser, really, the first part of the show. We're going to go into things a little bit in a little bit more depth uh, in part two. Um, very, very interesting, isn't it? Uh, you know, what happened in the second half, Havertz going off. I think was really key because I think Havertz has done an exceptionally good job actually playing in the number nine. And I think it does suit us better for a plethora of reasons. Not least, he, he he's hard to mark because he moves around. He interchanges with the wide players. He drops deep to pick the ball up. Um, and, and, you know, I just think it suits the way we play, really. So him going off was bad news. But the other thing that I think went unnoticed about, I mean, this is probably about the 60th minute or around that, but... Uh, Zuma eventually went off. I mean, actually, it was him who clashed with uh, uh, with Havertz. But uh, when Zuma went off, Moyes went to a back four. And, of course, having set up... Uh, he basically matched us, didn't he, uh, originally? And we had we had Suchek and Rice in midfield against Jorginho and Loftus-Cheek. But basically what he did, when, when he took uh, Zuma off, he brought Lanzini on, I think, didn't he? Yeah, anyway. four, four, no, he brought it was four nails, nails. I'm sorry, well done, yeah. Dan. Yeah, he brought four nails on. So basically, you know, they ended up with, you know, three midfielders against our two. And, and I mean, we've seen this happen time and time again. Watford did it. Villa did it earlier in the season. But when when we have three midfielders on our midfield two, it doesn't often seem to cause us a few problems. because We don't seem to know uh, how to deal with it. And, of course, the other thing about it, they, they got Bowen, who I thought was already having a good game, but they got him more focused. And he was saying, they were saying, run, run at Alonso. And they, they pushed their wider players right up to Alonso and James which stopped them getting forward and I so I thought that what Moyes did uh was uh, was very very effective we got outnumbered in midfield and we couldn't use the flanks Dan you look poised like a cobra 
Oh, no, I thought JK was. Okay, sorry. It was, yeah, JK was. You look poised, but actually you were po doing poising for JK. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was leaning back. Up. I was leaning back. Thank you, Dan. I was leaning back, poising. But, um, uh, yeah, poising, that's the word. David, poise. Um, poise and noise. Yeah. I, I think you're giving them too much credit, Chidge. Oh, I've only seen what, saying what I saw. Well, I, to a point, I think I'm, it's brave to take off, um, to put, because because oh, Rice said he dropped back in centre half, didn't he? When Zuma came off, he kind of like, dropped. I don't. I don't Rice think back, and he brought, he brought attacking midfielder on. I know. I don't think. I agree, but I don't think it achieved anything for them because what we did was still dominate. We just had chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. They only had. A, they only had two shot, three shots in the second half. They yeah. were. It wasn't. It wasn't the overwhelming performance in the second half that that I think you're talking about. It was. We were still. Um, he still when he took Alonso off and he put. Um, uh, Callum. Calamon, um, yeah. yeah, we were still all over them, more so. Yeah. And they, they, then they hardly presented any other. Thing. I think Bowen had a shot he should have scored from, but that was bound to happen because of the the lack of of defence. We had more attackers on, and we and it just the ball just ping ponged about. I don't. I'm I'm afraid I didn't think they played very well at all. I don't think we're looking at them, and I don't think there was a we particularly overrun Chidge at all. I'm sorry, from what I was watching from above, I I thought we were just absolutely profligate in front of goal. We just should have even you know Lukaku was, as we've talked about before is 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 finding it difficult to deal with anything that comes what to about Jorginho do you think I mean the way I saw it I thought that he didn't do necessarily badly but I, I do think that Rice and or Suchek had the edge on him because they just bullied him and that's what happens and I think I think the real key to that is goes back to what we've been saying for a few weeks now and, and actually what Tuchel says more to the point he set up a structure in place to mitigate Jorginho's weaknesses but I think that structure absolutely involves Kovacic or Kante playing with him and when neither of them neither of them are playing he he can get more exposed and Rice and Suchek are decent midfielders particularly Rice and I think that was what I think we lost the battle in midfield in the second half I've got to say I mean I, I know what you're saying JK I still think we had enough to win I still think we created enough chances we are the better team but I still think that they got back into the game because they got hold of the midfield Dan what do you reckon? <sighs> Um, it's difficult. I think Jorginho is always going to be the scapegoat. No, but he, I'm, he not, had, I'm not trying to scapegoat. No, 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 I, I think, no, 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 I think no, the no, real problem is there's no Kante and no. Kovacic, not yeah, that Jorginho's yeah. shit. You know. No, I'm not saying he's shit, but he's quite often he, he's limited in terms of he's not particularly aggressive, he's not particularly strong, so he's always going to get overrun. When you've got a, a tough midfield, like they had like a Suchek as a unit, Declan Rice as a unit, he's always going to be bullied. And I kind of, I would say he hides a little bit. He doesn't kind of you know, you, you want your midfielders to be involved. I mean, Ruben was trying his best, but it's still, Jorginho was was hiding a lot of the game. I don't. Did he get? Had he got booked or not? I can't remember. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So he was obviously worried yeah. about twenty-three yeah, minutes. And, and, and I mean, look. To be fair on him, yeah. and, and I mean, you know, again, we said this on BBC earlier on, didn't we? JK, listen to what Thomas Tuchel says. He doesn't yeah. bullshit. He tells oh. it as it is. And, you know, Alonso's uh, had a back problem, so he was playing half injured. Jorginho's had a hip problem for several weeks, so he's not uh, match fit, you know. And it, it, if, if you've ever tried to play was... football when you're not fit, you're not going to play at 100% and be as especially, good as you normally are. Especially if you're like lower body, like hips and stuff, yeah. because you can't you can't move. It's, like, it's difficult. I mean, listen, we lost. Were West Ham brilliant? No. Were we dreadful? No. No. We gave away two soft goals. Third goal was a freak. So on another day we go and win that match like a Watford. It's one of those. It's football, you know. Just one yeah, of those. No. Would, maybe would, we're, listen. Maybe we're at a point now where we're having a bit of a, a bad run. 
And listen, people are going to go to West Ham and lose. No question about it. Whether you think they're a great side or not, they put Liverpool to the sword and won 3-2. They're beating Spurs, they're beating Leicester, so they're no, they're no mugs. Would, uh, would, think... would, you, I mean, would you say it's true? Because this is what I've been wondering. Um, when you've got... I mean, you know, Jorginho, we know what he brings to the side, and I think he's he's brilliant at what he does, and I he, he's brilliant if you've got that, that, you know, structure around him. So would you say that, you know, basically what we need is one of one or both preferably but Kante or or Kovacic back and if you have one of those playing with him suddenly you get the best out of him but when you haven't got those two and you're left with Saul or Ruben Loftus-Cheek then we have a problem Houston well I think Kovacic is the player that brings can run with the ball move forward comfortably and now he's decided how to you know to make passes he's he's big miss and Kante listen the stat was you know we've only under two calls let in more than three goals in each game. Kante hasn't played, yeah, so you know we, we just don't underestimate well, how it's important it's ball winners. It's ball winners, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. what we're talking about. And he's, he's Kovacic is strong. Ball. He's aggressive. He wins the ball. He's tough. He's hard. Same with Kante. They're both they they are the kind of the fulcrum of the midfield. Those two plus you could, you could put anyone in there with those two there. You've got you know you're going to win the midfield battle. I mean. Just, I mean, J- J.K., you, you blurted something out. I missed it. What did you say? Well, I just said he's the ultimate ball winner. He's, he's Kante. Com- yeah, he's completely yeah. world-class. We're talking about, you know, there isn't the, it, you know, bless his cotton socks, Cheek and Kante just don't compare. You know, I'm sorry, but um, you but, can hope that the, you can hope that the combination works around him, but there, it, it, there's nobody to, to, to match Kante. He's one of the world's top players, you know. Yeah, just, yeah, I mean, if you take, take any top player out of that team, you're going to struggle. Listen, we, we, you know, we're decimated with injuries, completely yeah, decimated. Right. I, I want, yeah. I'll get onto that in a minute. I want, I want to, I want to talk about uh, JK's been itching. Uh, I mean, he's he's at, he's had more more teasers than a cheap Soho tart tonight. But uh, he's Excuse right. me. I only go with expensive. Okay, Soho. more more teasers than a Mayfair tart. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um. But you're right, J.K., and, you know, the reality is the stats bear it out. But we were, I think we were in control of the game to large degrees. It's a game that we shouldn't have lost. I mean, I know possession is a load of old arse gravy, but, I mean, we had almost twice as much possession as West Ham. But more importantly, we had 19 goal attempts to their 11. We had more shots on goal. Uh, We had slightly less shots off goal, but we had eight block shots to their zero block shots. So, you know, J.K. is right, but the reality is we're... uh, you know, he says it again so many times, doesn't he? You know, he bemoans the lack of uh, precision and being clinical enough and being ruthless enough up front. Um, you know, I, I, I tell you what irritated me. Uh, you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek will always pass instead of shoot. And I think Callum Hudson's got that disease as well. I think they were particularly guilty of that. Um, but Havertz going off was a blow, as I said. Of course, Lukaku came on. But I, I don't think he's anywhere near fit yet. And I, I, I think I think that injury that he got on his ankle was way more serious than they let on because Tuchel has clearly been trying to nurse him back in, but he's he's had to be giving him more minutes than he than he's wanted to. And I don't think he's I certainly don't think he wanted to give him forty five minutes. It's interesting that he didn't bring Werner on, of course. You know. Well no surprise there, says JK and his big nod. But you know, well, I- I mean, he, he was so poor the other day against United that it's, you know, it's not surprising, you know. I'm, well, but, but I think, once again, we're not a party to what goes on in training. I think Tuchel said the reason he played Werner all the, for, the, for, most, for all of the game was that he'd been performing very well in training. So uh, what is the, 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 you know, the, the, the destructive thing that happens when they get playing a proper 90 minutes? I, I don't understand it. 
Um, and uh, but uh, but at the time, you're one of the reasons he gave Werner a go was because, as you say, he's been nursing Lukaku. He didn't really want to play even for the time, amount of time he brought him on against United. And he certainly didn't want to have him coming on for 45 minutes. So, yes, there are mitigating circumstances for Lukaku, but um, but at the moment it's just not working. So uh, if that's the reason that he's he, he's not back to full fitness, well, let's get him back to full fitness as soon as possible, I hope. And we, I suspect we're going to get on to it. He'll play the whole 90 minutes against Zenit. Mm, you may well do. Dan, How? I mean, there's so much, there was so much ridiculous debate about you know how good Lukaku. You know is Lukaku good enough? Should we sell him? All this bullshit going on. I mean, I mean the real question is how do we get a tune out of him? How do we either get him to adapt to the way that we play or get us to adapt to the way that he plays? You know, I mean, I think what's his name, um, Redders or something, who does these little yeah. videos on Twitter. He knows his onions, and I agree with him entirely about Lukaku. That you know, you you you. you you know, if you get a guy who can score that many goals for you, then you've got to adapt to him in some way and give him service. But he's brilliant with his back. To, he's a back to the like Shearer used to be, back to the goal player who can turn a defender or play others in, like Drogba yeah. used to do. But we, if you know, if you don't have those players running in onto him, it's pointless. And I think that's been the problem so far. Or just punting it upfield. Oh, he's a target man. Let's boot it long. That's a load of old arse gravy. You've got two or three yeah. defenders on you. He's not going to win every ball. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not a target man per se, but he's. You know, he started the season really well. You know, then he got injured, and it's kind of has. He hasn't found his form. But you think the players we've got, the pace we've got. You know, if you're playing him to hold off players, other players in. You know, you've got the pace game past him. He's. he's you know, he's a, he's a 19 million pound player, and he's got phenomenal goal record. He's got injured. He's been. What had, what's he had? Look, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 45 minutes. Get, you know, get back to fitness. People, it's Twitter's full of reactionary idiots. On after we after we lose. You know, you're calling Lukaku out, Lukaku out after that performance. Like, we just, you know, he's not much fit. He's a talented player. He's going to be the, the fulcrum of our attack. We've got to work out, you know, Lukaku, then you have Werner, Mount, Havertz. Who do you play off him? It's just a conundrum. It's an absolute conundrum. What, what would you, what would, what would you do, J.K.? Because it is a bit of a dilemma for us. I still think that. I don't know. I, I I would play Havertz. I, I think we play better at the moment. I think if Havertz plays, except he's injured, isn't he? So we're not going to play him. So no, he what? should be fit for Wednesday, apparently. Did they really? I, I haven't heard that because I've been a bit busy. Yeah, today. I think, oh, how well, interesting. Kovac, how interesting. Just very just digressing. Kovacic is back in training. Yeah, I heard um, that. And Havertz is possibly going to be okay for the weekend for um, Wednesday night. I'd, 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 I'd rest him, I think, possibly. So would I. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree, but I don't think Tuchel will play him if he's been having yeah. like that. So as I say, I think he might play Lukaku, but I think he'll. Well, I don't know. It depends how Lukaku goes. You know, I, I I personally like the way that he plays the kind of false nine figure because he just puts himself about so well. He's a class act, is Havertz. Yeah. So and I think he's coming. He'll just get better and better and better. I think he, he we have to allow him that. Far. And I think if Syed gets better and better and better, which it looks as if it will to me, I, I will to me. I think we're we're quids in up front. I, I just wonder whether. Um, Lukaku then has to have a separate way of playing that they have to slot into, which I think Tuchel is the kind of manager who will get them to do that. He will just say, Lukaku plan, here we go, right, you have to do that and run here, run there, and that'll be, that'll work. But at the moment, that doesn't, I don't think he's had enough time to do that with him. I, I agree with that. It's, uh, I mean, it's still, frankly, still relatively early days. And I mean, if you speak to any ex-players, they'll soon tell you that, you know, you, you, it takes time to work out how each other play. Kerry Kerry and and Speedy that's the classic example and Pat you know it takes time to form these partnerships and you know I mean it's a bit I think it's very much like I mean I I, I mean you know obviously the defence is the best example of that 
you know, there's a very good reason why you try and keep the same defence all the time because they get that understanding together. But I don't think that's any less important for the strikers, the attacking players. And it, it amazes me that you see more chop, chops and changes up there and people don't think it's important. And I, I remember, you know, reading many times that Mourinho never bothered coaching the strikers much. He just let them get on with it. But I mean, surely it's the most, you know, arguably the most important area of the game. You know, it's not all about instinct. It's about understanding and, and gelling with people and know, knowing where they're going to be, you know. So I still think it's early days. And I think they and I think, you know, if you look at the way that modern football has played, people like Tuchel, he's no different from a lot of managers. They're very directive, very instructional. So it's all about patterns of play and all this kind of thing. And I think to the players' credit, they, they adapted to what Tuchel wanted very, very quickly and they get used to playing that way. So I think it, you know, he needs to he needs to move them in a slightly different direction to get the best out of Lukaku, and as they should, having spent so much money on him. Now the real big issue for me is not necessarily all of that. It's what Dan's been definitely alluding to a lot of the evening. But I mean, just to remind everybody, Chilobra, Chilwell, Kante. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you what actually Tuchel said about this because this is quite interesting. He's uh, he said uh, Kai has huge pain. Marcos has back pain. It's another two substitutes, two injuries. We have to deal with it. I've no idea when Kante will be back. And we're not only missing N'Golo, but Matteo Kovacic. Jorginho is playing with hip pain for many match days and you can see it. I think it's very worrying to hear him say, I have no idea when Kante is going to be back, Dan. Yeah, I mean, you think, oh, God, is it, is it that serious? The thing with Kante is he kind of, they'll say that and he'll turn up on Saturday. They tend to like wrap him in cotton wool. They must, listen, they must have some idea. They, they've, got, they've got a world-class medical team. They must have some idea when he's going to be back or at least some sort of guideline. I mean, unless he's got a really bad injury, they're not saying anything, which is always which is always your fear with him. But ever since the um, Europa League, he just keeps getting these niggling little injuries. It's so frustrating. He can't he can't get a run of games together. It's like he'll play five or six and he'll be an injury like three, five or six. So frustrating. He's, he's, we're such a different side with him in our team. We're just different level when he plays for us. I mean, I don't want to be the harbinger of doom here, JK, but um, it's not, it's a bit like, what is that kind of, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember the bloody thing now. It's about the, 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 the years, it's, it's not the years on the on the calendar, it's the miles around, you know, it's the, the I can't remember, you know what I mean though. The <laughs> bottom line is he's 30, right? But you could say, well, for a midfield player, he's still got two, three years at the top left in him, you would hope, but maybe it's, the fact you shouldn't be looking at the fact oh he's 30 you should be looking at how many games he's had and the way he's played because you know the great thing about Kante bless his heart he's, he's a little guy but he's fearless you know and the amount of work he does and you wonder you wonder and I this is what I'm fearing you wonder about the toll that that might have taken on his body that's exactly the word I was about to use it whether the the fact that he's been playing he plays like two players takes its toll ultimately and uh Perhaps he's, he's, he's wrecked his body slightly. I mean, I, I, we thought that he had a problem when he played in the Europa League final somehow, on whether he was on painkillers or whatever he was on, um, that we thought that had affected his lack of coming back under Frank, if we remember, because he didn't play for a large part of that season because of, of it, uh, we thought, because he'd overdone it in the Europa League. But um, you wonder whether it was just that he... he, he he was just—he'd over—he'd actually overdone it with the the whole of the season by playing out of his skin all the time, or perhaps into correct. I mean, it shouldn't be the case, surely, that that you're just because you're unbelievably fit and you go for it that it creeps up on you by the time you're thirty. I mean, it, uh, it should be just that your your body copes with it. But I know even Frank himself got um, uh, was was 
I think for about 180 games, he had no problems at all, did he? And then suddenly had injury after injury as to whether you're somehow your body just goes, actually, that's too much for me. I can't cope with it. I don't know. I'm not a physiologist. I'd I'd like somebody to say, yes, you can. Um, you can overdo it. Your body then just does, never quite recovers. But I, I, if, I mean, if that's the case and he has to only play in specific games, let's make sure he plays in all the relevant Champions League games because he is essential to us uh, winning the Champions League again. Absolutely, no doubt about that. I mean, I would be, I, I'd, I'd, if he didn't, if he played a, a portion of the games, but knowing that he was fit all the time, or you took him off at half time to, 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 um, as you said, Dan, to, to wrap him in cotton wool, I'd be happy with that if it just meant that he was available all the time. It's just getting an injury and then not knowing when he's available is 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 very bad for the for the team because he's the he's one of the best players. Yeah, Dan two words right out of my mouth. You know, <clears throat> Chelsea without Kante are a very very inferior team. Well, I wouldn't say they were but, very very inferior. Well, no, very but... very inferior. Not not very inferior, but you know. It's... <clears throat> He makes a huge difference. We're much better. Okay, we're much better team with him in with us. Yeah. And it comes to a point where the club are going to say, you know, another year of county injuries. Do we cash in on him? Send him to PSG in the summer. Well, if, if we can have another, you know, if he's going to play twenty and miss thirty. I mean, my feeling on Kante is that he is so good. Like J.K. was saying, I think, I think, he, I mean, he's the ultimate big game player. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like Drogba was for us up front. You know. I mean, you look. You just look. Go back and look at all of the big games in which Kante made a monumental difference. I mean, the Europa Cup final is a classic case, obviously. The Champions League final, the semi-final. You know, big games where you have to win. Kante is quite often the player that makes the difference in the way that Drogba used to make the difference when he when he used to score the goals up front. So maybe that's what you do. You know, maybe you just wrap him up in cotton wool and you you wheel him out for the big occasion and hope that he does his stuff. I mean, my hope, my other hope with Kante is that we've got a you know, there's, there's going to be... I mean, I, I am convinced. I don't know why. Maybe because I'm a sad old romantic. It could be that. But I am convinced that Billy Gilmore is is the solution here in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, maybe they could sign Rice. Rice is, you know, I think... I mean, he's a very different... I mean, you know, there is no player in the world like Kante. So you, you can't compare him to anybody. But if you want a, a midfielder who can read the game, win the ball, storm forward and defend brilliantly, then Rice is your man. But, uh, you know, his price is going up every year that West Ham do well. Uh, he's got three years left on his contract. So, you know, if if we were to get Rice and we'd be prepared to pay a ridiculous amount of money for him, we're not going to get him for a minimum of two years, I would say. A minimum of two, quite possibly three. So can you keep Kante going on that long? Can Billy Gilmore come in and begin to do a similar kind of job? I mean, there's a lot of questions here, but not very many answers, sadly. But... Uh, I wouldn't be quick to get rid of him. That's what I would say because I still think you know wheel him out for a big game. There's nobody better. Yeah. You know, it's a tough so, one, isn't yeah. it? Though I mean, the bottom yeah. line is, chaps, we've got a fuckload of injury. I mean, have we got an injury crisis? Do you think, J.K. at the moment? Yeah, yeah. At the moment, I think we have. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially if he's playing players who are injured and they have to play, that's a crisis, isn't it? Dan, I mean, if, it, if it was Liverpool, they'd be like suspend the season to where one's fit. <laughs> <laughs> they would, wouldn't they? They would. Yeah, I, I just think listen, we're, we're, listen Tuchel's. He's bemoaning him. He's not making a massive fuss about it. Yes, we've got injuries, and we're going to try and do the best we can. You know, we've got dirt, dirty leaves on the weekend. Get get a win there, and the whole thing just gets back to normal, doesn't it? I do love the fact that we're 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 an elite team, and we won the Champions League, and we're we're trying to get them back to playing fantastically. Whereas you know, the last season under Frank, there was a period where we were 
keen to see whether or not that what we were worried the whole thing was going to fall apart that yeah. was not long ago so here we are only only a season half a season ahead we haven't even got to when the month that frank was sacked, sacked yeah and listen we're, we're having all, a blip we're having a blip and yeah. mitigating circumstances are injuries yeah. and we're still right off the lead we're yeah. you know we're, we're yeah. one way we're one point I'm, I'm convinced that that they will all have injury problems all those teams yeah just because of the number of games and the athleticism required to play at this top level. And there are too many games. And I mean, I think yeah. that's the other unfortunate thing for us. We've just got a shitload of injuries at a really very frustrating time to have them because there's, you know, two games a week and there have been for the last month and there are going to be for the foreseeable. Then we lose more players yeah. for the AFCON, certainly Mendy, possibly ZH. And then we've got the Club World Cup. I mean, it's it's just it's just mental, and I don't think that that's helping either. Um, which is understandable, I think. Therefore, why uh, our favourite favourite man on the planet, Mister Thomas Tuchel, uh, I think was the grumpiest I've ever seen him in a post match presser. Uh, you know, as Chelsea manager, actually, um, I'm going to read you what he says. Actually, because he he came out with some absolutely brilliant quotes. Uh, he says, I mean, to paraphrase, he was moaning about the fact we don't shoot enough or we don't take enough risks. But we did too many individual mistakes today. We did against Man United. We did against Watford and got punished. If you want to have results at this level, you must minimise the mistakes. We talked about it before, but it obviously didn't help. Every loss is a bump in the road and that will not hold us back from what we demand. We need to play more accurate, more stable. We need to reduce big, big mistakes. He was understandably grumpy, but I, I actually wonder what he's more grumpy about is the injuries, not actually the fact that they did a few fuck-ups because I think, you know, he knows that when he's got his best team on the pitch and they're all fit, we're a match for anybody, JK. We are potentially with us the best side we can put out. The, you know, one of the best teams in the world, Jidge. So I, 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 I know I, he's trying to make do with, um, as we've said, an injured side. So, um, uh, and I, I think if we can um, keep it together for the next week or so until some of them are back again. I think uh, the uh, you know it, it, I think it's going to be a case of w w will we will we actually ever have our best side together until February or will there still be injuries? Well, who, I'm convinced we will. Who? That's a really good question. I mean, who do you think our best side is? Um, well, I, I, it's Chil Chilwell and James definitely because they are. Well, go really, from the back, Mendy. Yeah, yeah, Mendy. Um, Silver, Rudiger, um, and Christensen. Yeah. Uh, um, the two, uh, Chilwell and James. Um, uh, uh, Jorginho uh, Kante picks Jorginho, itself. Jorginho and Kante. I, and and um, yeah, what would you say, Dan? You don't I, think I have Kante and Kovacic? Yeah, yeah. Well, that that that's that, Kovacic that's, is a bit more that, mobile, a bit more that's kind of. View, that's a yeah. I think Jorginho has has uh, um, a organizational powers that that. Um, Tuchel is very fond of yeah. and uh, um, I personally I would have uh, at, at the moment on the way things are going Havertz, Zayek and Mount yeah you know I mean it's not a million miles away from I mean the Champions League winning side uh, I mean obviously Aspie was in for Christensen Christensen came on for Silva didn't he yeah. uh, oh, yeah. and up front we had Ver we had Werner, Mount and Havertz the interesting thing about Aspi, he's been linked with Barcelona on a free. Has he? Yes, because think... they're noticing that he's not getting in. And uh, I think they're after anybody they can get who... Uh, well, I, I wouldn't begrudge free. him that. And I don't no. think I don't think Roman would. No, I agree. You I know, agree. he's he's 
got to be one of our most successful captains of all time, really, if you think about what he's won since he's been here. And he's won the, you know, there's only two Chelsea captains that have lifted the European Cup. And he's one of them. Mm. You know, I mean, I would love to see him see his career out, but I could, I mean, you know, if he if he feels he's fit enough and good enough to play football still, I wouldn't begrudge him a move. And Chelsea, have, I mean, they did that with Czech going to Arsenal. It's the, it's a very Chelsea thing to, to be kind and do that. And I could see that. That'd be a lovely fairy tale ending for him in a way, wouldn't it, to be go back to Spain? You know, nobody in Spain would have thought he was good enough to lace the fucking boots of most of Barcelona or Real Madrid. If he went there and saw out the last year or two of his contract, it would be a real fuck you, and I would love yeah. him for that. I think, why not, you know? Yeah, getting them back in the Champions League and all that. Anyway, um, we were talking about the fact that Chelsea are the best team in the world, of course. Well, that's what everybody was telling us before we drew to United and played Watford and lost to West Ham. Um, I mean, I agree with everything you've said tonight, chaps. I mean, I, I don't think it was a bad performance at all. But that was a game we should never have lost. Um, you know, we probably should have won it if if uh, if if the truth was to be told. But we have only uh, won two in our last five Premier League games as a result. Um, I mean, I know West Ham are good. Dan was saying this earlier on. They've beaten. I mean, they beat Liverpool three two. There was no fucking crisis for Liverpool when that happened, was there? Nobody even batted an eyelid, and yet we get beaten three two by West Ham, and it's the end of the world. Um, City and Liverpool are capable of losing to anybody. I mean, you know what? If they lost, I mean, City lost two one to Palace at home. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool lost to they drew with Southampton at home they've lost to somebody stupid at home as well haven't they anyway whatever Yeah. I mean they're going to lose games again I'm sure of it we're going to lose games again this season I'm sure of it but as long as we're in there still in touching distance I think yeah. that's all that really matters Dan yeah absolutely I think we you know, we go to what end of January if we're still kind of two three points off the top which is very conceivable then we're going to be you know going to be there or thereabouts my biggest fear is, you know, going to the Club World Cup and there's two games against Brighton and Arsenal, which could well be bookended towards the end of the season when we've played hundreds of games. We could be getting deep into the Champions League. So that, that where we might kind of, our league change might kind of falter towards yeah. a business end because we have too many games in that space of time. Then do we focus on the Champions League again or do we push the league title? I think one, something we have to, you know. Something's going to have to give, yeah, you reckon. Yeah, to have to give, yeah. But I think we're two points off the top. Fantastic season. We've got a bit of breathing space between fourth spot. We'll kick on again. We'll with Chelsea. We we do this. We're entitled to have a shit match or lose your game. It happens. It's football. You know, we haven't got this divine right to win week in, week out. We had a we had a bit of a shit performance. We lost Leeds next. Big big dirty Leeds. No one's happy again. Mm. JK. Yeah, well, um, it, it's it, the shame is for the the child in me just wants us to win every game by a large number of goals. Of course. Oh yeah. So uh, we all, we all have that lurking in us, don't we? The uh, you, you just and it's unbelievably frustrating when Lady Luck is against you because that was there was an element of that going on, and also um, um, Mariner um, strutting about and uh, that wonderful moment when he booked Jorginho, who'd been fouled and fell over and grabbed the ball and then stood up and objected to having been fouled because he gave handball because he grabbed the ball and Mariner booked him just because he actually said, for fuck's sake, I was fouled, you know, and you just despair of these absolute idiots. Cretins. Running our game, yeah. Who seem at the moment now to be quite happy not to implement VAR because, uh, um, and say, no, no, I think I've made the right decision. But anyway, I digress. He, he is a referee who should not be refereeing at this level it has become absurd uh, he's so far behind all the time anyway um 
yeah, yeah, I, 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 um, uh, I suppose it only becomes one, one not doubting the manager, but you, you worry about what's happening if we lose to Leeds and then we and we lose to Zenit. But the chances of that happening are happening are very slim. But if it happens, you deal with it. We know he's a genius. We know we've got great players. And it's just a question of something not quite working. At well, the or, the, or them actually being able to play at the moment. Yeah. Being absolutely, them being injured. Absolutely. And to, to what I see, they listen to Zenit, given that we're already qualified and given that coming top won't necessarily guarantee an yeah, easier yeah, time. Yeah, it's not, yeah. If we did lose to yeah, Zenit... It doesn't then, really matter. Absolutely. No. No, well, I mean, it's almost, I know we're coming to that in a minute, it's almost a point where you just don't I, take a strong team out. You, you might not be saying that if that happens and we end up playing Bayern Munich or Real Madrid in the next round. I wouldn't fear Real Madrid. I'd fear Bayern Munich. Yeah, I'd fear Bayern Munich. They're a good yeah. side. Um, I, I agree with you, boys. I mean, you know, I think the injuries are a worry. I think that's that's certainly not helping us at all. I'm I'm quite worried about when we come back in the new year, when, we've gonna, when we're going to have Liverpool Spurs. Spurs could well be a better team with Conte in charge. So Spurs, we've got Spurs and City, Liverpool before that in January. And I think that we will be without Mendy for the Spurs and City game. So that's causing me a bit of a worry. And I also worry about how much disruption, as JK was saying, happens because of the Club World Cup. So we'll have, what was you actually, Dan? Sorry, the, yeah. the, we'll get these two matches uh, put back and that might create another fixture backlog. We might, you know, There are worries and concerns, but I, I think like you were saying, JK, I totally agree with you. You get our best team on that pitch, we're a match for anybody in the world. Period. Completely. And, and, um, and, and he might buy, buy in the transfer window. You never know. There might be somebody who comes in who's a, who's an, a, a top, top player. So, and I, I, one of the worries at, at, in January will be, will be both Christensen and Rudiger, but I think they'll They'll, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll take, um, uh, if necessary, he'll buy replacements. If it's, yeah, if it's I mean, pretty obvious. We've some Hungarian centre-half today, haven't we? Yeah, at, at, so, Attila. Attila. Salazar. Yes, that's right. Attila yeah. stockbroker. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen, great players, but if they go, they go. You know, what, what he does, that, that's, you know, the contract's been wound down. Well, if, if Rudiger doesn't sign his contract, that means that we know, you know, in January, then he'll be off, but he won't be off until the end of the season. So put a bloody shift in, mate, and then fuck off. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Which we should do, in fairness. He's yeah, not, he's not he's shirking. Doing. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Same as Christensen. Neither of them have kind of pulled, you know, pulled a, pulled a shitty game. They've all, they've all done really well. I think, I said Christensen, I think, will, want us, will stay. Rudiger, I'm not sure about. No, I, I felt a long time that Rudiger will go and Christensen will stay. Yeah. Rudiger wants a big payoff before he retires. Yeah. And you can understand that. Yeah, it's the last big contract. Yeah. You know, I, I do the same. Yeah, Christensen, on the other hand, you know, more association with the club, younger. He just wants a good deal. I mean, his, his agent's yeah. just playing hardball because he wants What's as much dad? money as he. Well, okay, he wants as yeah. much money as he can get. Yeah. You know, so. so apparently, they've changed the terms. Apparently, they want one year less on the contract. Apparently, that's the sticking point. They 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 want one. I think it's a five year. They've asked for four year instead. Yeah. So who knows? Well, who I can, knows? I can understand. I think that's probably because he's twenty five. So the club want to take it to thirty. Yeah. So they can only give him one year after after yeah. that. That's what's going yeah, all, on. All all these players are replaceable. Because you see, that's the point. If if he's asking for four rather than five, it's because they can renegotiate when he's twenty eight, twenty nine, yeah. and try and get a longer contract, which will take him to thirty two, thirty three. That's what's going on. Yeah. So you can understand that. I think. Uh, I think the message that we're giving to the millions of people who listen to this show all around the world is stay calm, people. It's okay. Don't panic. It'll be all right. Anyway, on that point, uh, I'm going to tell you all about our latest football 
at football underscore prizes competition, which is always absolutely fantastic. And and real, pe- real people who listen to the show do win this competition. I had a I have photographic evidence and a message on Patreon of that very point. Anyway, uh, uh, the lovely Sean, I think it was. Anyway, uh, this week uh, you have a chance to win a framed Chelsea shirt signed by the 2016-17 Premier League title-winning squad. Uh, and the tickets are £5.95p each, and the draw ends at 7.30pm this Wednesday, the 8th of December. Uh, and to enter, go to footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash RFC hyphen or hyphen CFC, because basically this is a double header. So you can either choose a Rangers uh, title winning uh, signed shirt by the squad or or a Chelsea one. So you need to get on this, Pete, because actually it'll sell out. They only have 99 tickets going. So get on it and you can find that. I will, I will, you know, it's, it, it's on our Twitter feed. I'll, I'll repin it so you can see it, but I'll be putting a tweet out tomorrow and Wednesday uh, but get on it. Don't miss out. It's a cracking prize to win if you can. Now, we will be back uh, after this very short break, and we're going to be talking, amongst other things, fannies, emails, and discords. Or we could say email discord fanny, or something like that. You could muck around with that for you, to your heart's content, but we'll be back in a minute or two either way. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. Of course, I am Stanford Chidge, and uh, with me tonight is the wonderful Mr. Kidd, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Sam Kidd's boy, as my dad always says. Bless him. <laughs> and uh and of course I got the fantastic uh Dan Chiellini Tiago Silva. I uh, what wonder what's like Italian and uh Portuguese is for whoop whoop. I'll have to find that out for uh, next probably, year. Probably whoop whoop. 
I walk, but I walk, but yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Uh, stellar cast as always. Um, there's only three of us tonight, but I quite like that actually. We'll get a bit more chance to have a natter, which is good. Anyway, uh, this time, uh, time for the, uh, this week's fannies. The results of the fannies are in. Uh, they've been collected by the team of people. I get to count the votes. I'm lying. They're all on Twitter. Even I can do that. Uh, anyway, Man of the Match was first. Uh, the uh, nominations were... This is, by the way, um, the Fannies, the uh, Man of the Match, Guinness and Celery Moments. Basically, this all comes from our Discord group. I've got a great bunch of people in our Discord group who who, who get their virtue of uh, uh, being on Patreon and uh, lobbing us some money every month. But they, they are responsible for pretty much putting this all together. So well done, the Discord people. Anyway, the ma- the nominations are Silver... Mount and Loftus Cheek. JK, who got your vote? Uh, Mason. Mason. Uh, Dan? Mace. Mace, yeah. He got my vote too. Uh, and he got everybody's vote, really. Uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek got 7%. I really did actually think that, that Cheek had a good game uh, against West Ham, I have to say. Uh, Tiago Silva was his usual imperious self. Uh, but Mason Mount, I think. As we were saying earlier on, he's he's looking back to his best, so uh, I think well deserved. There, seventy percent of the vote. Now the next one uh, is, of course, for the celery moment, which, as we all know, as any fool know, is about a moment of comedy on or off the pitch, or a moment of proper chelseness on or off the pitch. Now, the uh, the nominations were for uh, Reese basically baiting uh, Lanzini as he was about to take the penalty. And then Lanzini really not liking that and was rather pleased with himself that he scored the penalty. So when he ran back, he barged into Rhys James, but but bounced off him because, of course, Rhys James is a unit and he he looked like somebody who had just been, you know, bumped into by a fly. So concerned was he, which made me chuckle. Um, Daryl Middleditch uh, suggested this one. He said Mount's goal celebration because he was cupping his ear to the happy hammers or are no doubt giving him dogs abuse he loved every minute of that and i love a player who loves every minute of that and gives it back and talking giving things back apparently i mean you won't know this unless you were like me watching on the old old tv or in fact you were in the chelsea away and doing this but apparently for most of the game uh i mean we had uh franco zola joe cole and rio ferdinand as the pundits for the game um very interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, Rio obviously played for West Ham. Joe Cole started at West Ham and Franco managed West Ham. So even even when they had two ex-Chelsea players, they, they still can't do it in a pure sense. But anyway, um, apparently uh, the Chelsea fans in the away and were giving Rio Ferdinand grief the entire game. Uh, but actually, to be fair to Rio, when West Ham scored the winner, he gave a lot back. But I just thought, isn't that great? That's kind of what it's all about. So what got your vote, J.K.? Um, well, I didn't see the Reese Lanzini because I was, um, it was too far away from me because I was, uh, as I say, peering. I needed a pair of opera glasses to have seen anything up close from where I was. And uh, I kept asking this this very large, um, amusing man next to me who just kept swearing. He joined in the, the Rio Ferdinand uh, abuse rather much more than I did. Um, I asked him what had gone on, and even he didn't see it about Reese and Lanzini, so I can't really comment on that one. And similarly, with the Mount Gold celebration, um, uh, we couldn't see it because it was too far away. So I'd, I'd vote for the Chelsea Vans versus Rio Ferdinand. What, what were they saying to Rio? Do you, is it repeatable? Rio, Rio, you're a see you next Tuesday. Rio, Rio, you're a Gareth. Yes. Yeah, right. And, you, and you've always been. And you've always yeah. been a Gareth. I used to love singing that to Gary Neville. 
Yes. It's one of my favourite things from that era, singing that yeah. to Gary Neville for the entire match. And he actually kind of loved it. I've told you my favourite was the Alan Ball one. That's always my favourite. Alan Ball. Wank, 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 Alan Ball, Alan Ball, Alan Ball. You think, why are we singing for Alan Ball? But what they do was, what I loved it was they'd go, they would sing it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. They'd go, Alan, Alan, Alan Ball, Alan Ball, Alan Ball. Because Alan Ball spoke like that, you see. Alan, Alan, Alan Ball, Alan, Alan Ball. You think, why are they doing that? And then they go, wank, 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 and I wish right. I wish that kind of chant would come back because it was so funny. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's brilliant. So you went for uh, Rio versus the Chelsea fans or Chelsea fans versus Rio. Uh, Dan, what did you go for? Um, Mace. Mace. But had the Declan Rice thing been in there, I'd have gone for Declan Rice face. Just that mini second when um, Mace yeah. and I scored. Thought, yeah. My mate's going to give me so much grief next time we um, see each other. But yeah, Mace. Yeah. Just, I, love, I love it when they give it a bit of shithouse VTB way fans. Yeah. Home fans. Yeah, you're, that's a good point about the Declan Rice thing. I, I I didn't think that one through clearly enough, but I think yeah. I think they're all good nominations. I I yeah. think I went for the Mount uh, goal celebration too, and funnily enough, as did everybody else, uh, it was quite kind of quite tight. James versus Lanzini got twenty eight percent. Chelsea fans versus Rio got twenty nine percent, and Mount's goal celebration got forty three percent. We could be on for a Mount hat trick here. That doesn't happen very often. But I think it might happen tonight because, of course, the Guinness moment nominations are uh, Silver's goal line clearance, which I just thought was genius, pure and simple, to be in the right place at the right time again, having just scored the goal. Absolutely. Well, this, I just love this guy. Uh, then, of course, Mount's goal. I mean, you could say just Mount's finish would have been worthy of a Guinness moment. But as JK said, I mean, actually going back before Ziyech got the ball, Ruben nicked the ball in midfield, which is what a proper midfielder is supposed to do, and then laid a, a good pass to Ziyech. Uh, but that ball was superb as well. But, I mean, the whole goal, or just Mount's bit in it, would be good enough for me. Uh, and then the other one, this actually made me utter quite primal sounds. And you might find a bit weird that I did it over this. But um, I think somebody lost the ball to Rice uh, on, on, on West Ham's left-hand side near their penalty area, and he charged forward. And Reese James just haired after him, came round the outside of him. So he went out of play, came back in and robbed him of the ball with a brilliant tackle. And I just thought, fucking, I love that. He just wouldn't give up. It was so tigerish. And it made me emit, as I said, quite low guttural primal noises as a result. So that was kind of very much my nomination. So, JK, what did you vote for? It's kind of obvious what's going to win this one, really, isn't it? No, no, funnily enough, these are all great. They're good, aren't they? Great Guinness moments because Silver's goal line clearance. I went, oh, for Mount's goal. I went, oh, fucking, oh. Then James tackling Rice. I went, oh, oh, oh. So, you know, um, 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 on the on the R meter, that I would say the, the, the Reese tackle won that. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you, you went for Reese, yeah. Well, no, I am now. I didn't. I'm, I am. I'm, I, I love them all. All three of them were, were great Guinness moments. Okay, um, and, but, uh, so I'm making an assessment now, but and also based on the noise that I made to you just then, I think. Fair enough. Uh, Dan, what'd you go for? Uh, Mace, because I just thought everything about it, Ruben, Ziek, finish, 
just beautiful. Whole, the whole, absolute poetry emotion. Yeah, it was indeed. I mean, oh yeah, I agree. I'm going back on that. Okay, again. all right. Well, that's fair enough. You can you can change your mind. Um, I I did go for Mount. I mean, but not not least because the Discord group would kill me because they were only going to nominate one because they just thought well, there's no point nominating anything else because that was just a worldy. It's got it's pointless. But uh, we have to have three boys. Come on. Uh, anyway, you'll not be surprised to know that. I mean, this is disappointing in a way for me personally. But James's tackle on Rice only got six percent. Uh, Silver's goal line clearance got 21%. A Mount's goal got 73%. So pretty uh, pretty clear cut, that one, I have to say. It was a hat-trick. It was a Mount hat-trick then. It was a Mount hat-trick. That hasn't happened very often, but it has happened before. I yeah. know that. Right. Uh, we got some we got some Discord questions, all right? Um, and I think... Uh, okay, I'm going to ask the first one to Dan. I'm going to answer the second one, and JK's going to answer the third one, all right? <sighs> So the first one is from Prashanth. Prashanth, okay. Yeah. And he says, I don't know if this has been asked earlier, but oh, oh this is a, we can all answer this one because it's brilliant. I don't know if this has been asked earlier, but after a defeat, how do the various panel members try to keep themselves distracted for the weekend? Is there a safe place or like a routine that helps you stop replaying the result or game to get you through the weekend? For me personally, I tend to get myself involved in a lot of household chores. Refrain from listening to any podcasts other than Chelsea ones uh, until we play the next time. I know for all of us, it's more than just a game. So Dan first. Well, first of all, I kick my imaginary dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I get a foul mood. I mean, foul, foul mood for a couple of hours. So I watched it at the pub and then I had to do a couple of um, Christmas related shopping and I was in a stinking mood for a good couple of hours and then got home, Liverpool won, and that made the mood even worse. But that is fine. Normally by within three, four hours, I'm back to normal. It just because it, just it's 12.30 and your whole weekend's ruined by three o'clock. That's the worst thing about 12.30 kickoffs. But generally speaking, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'll get back in a good mood by tea time. I don't have anything in particular because we don't we don't lose often. So mm. back in the old days, I, when we won, I'd celebrate. In the old days, you know, losing was just standard. So it's not like Chell Tell then, who used to basically have a media blackout for a week, not leave his room and not speak to anybody. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think I, don't, I think I just don't go on Twitter because yeah. it's over, overreaction city. Yeah, I mean, Tell Tell really would do that. I mean, if, if we if he was scheduled to be on the show on a Monday, he wouldn't do it. I'm not fucking doing it. He, he took it really badly. J.K. Yeah. Uh, I give myself something to, to look forward to that I can do that was is nothing to do with football. In this instance, at the weekend, um, uh, I'll, I should say after the game, um, uh, I obviously had to do the fan bite, but I thought, no, I, I'm not going to do the fan bite until I've... Um, Got somewhere uh, safe. No, no, I would indeed. Indeed, that's a, that's, that's, that's the second part of this story. Um, I, uh, I decided I would wander around um, Westfield in Stratford and see if I could buy some furniture. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I found that quite interesting because also I had no idea. I, the only Westfield I'd been was the one in Shepherd's Bush, which is, <coughs> excuse me, based on a completely arch different architectural um, um, uh, blueprint with very wide aisle, very wide corridors, and it's like a plaza. Whereas it, it, it's it's like um, uh, a, a very constricted kind of corridor, the uh, the one at Stratford that just goes up and up and up. Um, but there was a nice John Lewis there, and I had a very nice conversation with a woman about curtains. Um, so that distracted me rather nicely. I hope you weren't drawn into that conversation. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but then I, then I thought, oh, well, I better get on with the, uh, the fan bite. And um, um, finding a place to actually do the fan bite, I thought, I don't think it's a good idea to do it around here. So uh, um, I went back to uh, Shepherd's Bush, 
and that was even worse. And uh, um, uh, a bloke actually came up while I was doing it and said, here, mate, can I share your phone? He said to me. And I just said, no. I was just thinking, what, what, what on earth? What did he mean? Could he share my, what? He's going to come and speak to somebody with, I mean, what was that? You know, but, um, but uh, yeah, so, and then I, 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 I think I did about eight takes and uh, on each take, um, somebody barged into me and I thought, this is Jonathan. I don't know where you're going to do this. Anyway, I eventually, I eventually got it together. So I, I, in a sense, I'd put myself off. This is a very long answer to this question. Um, I put myself off by thinking about furniture and, you know, interiors, but then had to re recreate myself again by thinking about the game, which I didn't want to do. Um, but then I, I, um, uh, I, I just, I went and saw my daughter and we had a discussion about something. And then I had to do that. I was doing this, directing this, this, um, uh, Christmas Carol so that that took the focus off but it, it's normally it goes by about the evening I think uh, Dan I think I'm similar to you Dan I don't know about you Jid by the evening it's 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 sort of faded it's faded yeah, away yeah I mean you know I think when when you've been around the block a bit you know it kind of helps because we've we've all seen Chelsea lose you know plenty of time I mean I, I mean I, I mean one of the things I would say actually you know and and this applies particularly to the old days when we used to do this show pretty soon after the match it was always very therapeutic and cathartic doing it because there's nothing like i mean i mean actually dan the rea reality is this show its genesis is very much in what we tend to do in the pub after a game and sadly now i don't live in london i don't do that enough yeah. but you know you know what i mean we go to the pub fucking steaming sulking pissed off angry then we'd be with people that we love and we know and we would all have a good moan about it and dissect the match and then get yeah. drunk and then you forget about it by the time you go home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing you worry about is getting back home in time to get a well, good before it closes. Indeed. Um, yeah. Indeed, there is that issue. Or well, for me to actually even make it back to Winchester <laughs> on the train these days. But, I mean, Saturday or when, or when I'm not, not at the match, I sulk like hell. I have to say, I, 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 I do... I, I, I have this kind of weird... I have this weird need to bottom out before I can kind of get myself back up. So I do, I wallow in it a bit by watching the entire aftermatch and uh, then wallowing in Twitter. And actually, I think weirdly, for, I know for a lot of people that's a big no-no, but for me, it actually calms me down because I just see how mad people are on there and I realise actually, you know what, it's not that bad really. Uh, and and then I go and do something else that's completely not anything to do with football, you know, I, you know, just, just do anything else that's not football related and I soon pick myself back up but i have to say my preferred way of dealing with any chelsea defeat is to get drunk in the pub afterwards with my chelsea mates really suddenly sadly something i don't do enough of these days but there you go great question prashanth absolutely a doozy right the next one is from kirills who is from latvia i believe who asked this on discord he says three games lost due to individual errors three games well they weren't they weren't lost mate um anyway i'll get back to that in a minute three games lost due to individual errors three games Tuchel blasting his own players post-match we've seen this before many times we are in palpable discord territory we will finish this season fifth and trophyless change my mind well, okay no problem kills i think actually most of what we talked about in part one or two i would hope makes you see the sense and reason of what we've been saying but number one i i, I don't recall i mean i mean I can't remember that that far back to when we lost against we lost against Juve. Was that a defensive error or an individual error? It might have been. I mean, the reality is, Kirill, you 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 concede goals because somebody makes a mistake, you know. So you know, the bottom line is is that you know that happens. You know, we're all humans. People make mistakes, but I'm 
we didn't lose to United. We didn't lose to Burnley. Uh, I know Jorginho made that error against United, but we didn't lose that match. I don't think he's blasted his own players at no. all. I really don't think that. No. So I don't agree with that. So I don't think it bears any comparison to the toxicity of Mourinho, because you're kind of referring to that with the palpable discord territory. Um, you know what? We might finish fifth and trophyless. We'll, we'll, we won't know until the end of the season, will we? I very much suspect that we'll do better than that. I think we'll win a trophy and I think we'll certainly be in the top four. Uh, but I don't think it's toxic at all. And I don't think it's time to throw uh, to panic or throw our dummies out of the pr- uh, pram, uh, Dan. Really? No, I think they, you know, respectfully, massively misguided opinion there. I mean, you know, he hasn't thrown anyone under the bus. He just, you know, what Tickle's very good at is taking blame himself, like he's done in the past. Like he said, a Watford, he underestimated Watford. So he, he you know, he hasn't thrown anybody under the bus. He hasn't gone all Mourinho and started blaming Hazard for being injured and stuff like that. So no, I think, listen, it's a slight blip. We lost to Juventus. When's the last time we lose in the league? Before City, West Ham? wasn't it? City, yeah. So, you know... No, I, I think they outplayed us. They were fantastic that day. Yeah, Shit happens. Yeah, we're going to be more than okay this season. We're definitely going to come top three. Definitely going with a trophy. I, I think we've got absolutely nothing to worry about. We've had a bad bad few days, few games because of injuries, because of, you know, football. It happens. Yeah. You know, we don't have a divine right, as I keep saying, to win week in, week out, to win 4-0 or 5-0. JK? Watford, I, say, yeah. I think this is ground we've <clears throat> ground we've gone over before, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's um, you know I, th- I think I think Kirill's a prime example of I think Kirill and I know he did actually to be fair to Kirill, but I think he wrote that quite soon after the match. So his blood was pumping. He was very fucked off when he wrote that, and and I think really what we're we, we're talking about today, uh, two days later, is we've we've had the opportunity to think about it and have some perspective. So we're not going with that gut visceral emotion that I think Kirill was. Yeah. Yeah, but as we you know, we've said they've got big injury problems. <clears throat> if he loses six in a row, that's when you start debating whether or not there's something gone strangely rotten. But if he loses six in a row at the moment, we, <clears throat> excuse me, we've got um, we've got so many injuries that uh, you know I wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple more draws if he's not playing um, a, the, the best selected side and some of them are playing injured. I think we have to be sympathetic. I'm afraid. Mm, indeed. All right. So I, ho- I hope that's changed your mind, Kirill. Do let me know if it has or not. Maybe after a couple of days, you've been able to have a bit of perspective as well. The final Discord question is from Two Brent. He says, would you mind sharing with JK that while watching an art series on Netflix that I totally geeked out at after his narration, after hearing his narration, we watched both seasons and I sung his praises during each episode. Uh, please. He's fantastic. Oh, Wow. To Brent, thanks, mate. Lovely. Uh, was it? Um, uh, <clears throat> was, I'm trying to think what it was. Was it? A, was it cinema and the and the Second World War? I, no, I, I, it was a nature. I, I, it's on Discord. Have a look in Discord. You'll find you're in Discord. Go and have a look. You'll find it in there. Yeah, good stuff. Oh well, thank you. That's really lovely of you to say. Thank you. Good. All right. Now, uh, well done for the Discord questions. Keep them coming. If you want to be on our Discord group, sign up to Patreon, pay us a little bit, bit of money, and you can. It's that simple, really. And it's, it'd be nice to see a few you boys in there occasionally. I'm kind of holding the fort with Dean on my own most of the time. Yes, sorry. Well, if I'm at the match, it's quite true. Oh, well, if you're at the match, forget it, mate, because you can't be doing that. Because you need an uh, internet connection. Yeah, and it doesn't work. So, yeah. sorry, I can't do that. If I'm but there, there you go. No, I'm not moaning, but I'm just saying, you know, you're missing out. There's some good people. You, you get... You get to talk to the people, man. No, I, I, you know? I'd love to be, but as I say, I'm, I'm uh, Zenit. I'll try and come in on Zenit because right. I'm not going to Zenit. No, 
Right now, I'm I'm mindful that your your throat's playing up. Uh, I've got, got some emails to read out. You're going to be okay. No, I'll be fine. I'll, right. I'll I'll suck a strepsil. I've got one in my pocket. suck a fisherman's friend. Yeah, yeah. If we could provide and a cough sweet. But um, it'll, it'll be a little, little bit oily. There we are. I've got a strepsil. They're like tunes, strepsil. Do you remember the advert? Was she Welsh? Was it strepsil? Back in the day, wasn't there? <laughs> I'm sure there's a Welsh advert. They were like strepsil, or do I imagine that? Strepsil. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Remember tunes. Tunes help you breathe more easily. Tune. Tickle to Tottingham, please. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Tune. Yeah. Tickle to Nottingham, please. Yeah. All right, then, Chich, what's happening? Well, you're going to read an email. Am I? Yeah. Sam Cohen. Bloody hell. Chich and the boys, after watching the second half collapse. Oh, no, excuse no. me. No, no. No, mate. No, no, not at all. It wasn't a collapse. I'm wondering if making a move in January to replace Chilwell would be too late to save our chance at the title. I still think they may they may buy somebody, as we were talking about. We don't know who it'll be. I'm sure Tuchel have got somebody lined up. Alonso was not good. Well, he, we've established he's, his basic positioning cost us that game. It was his air, It was that flicking the ball across from Rudiger was at force as well. Bowen's goal would not have happened if Alonso had been goal side of his man to prevent him getting to Antonio's header. Well, yeah. Just the basics were poor. Without Chilwell, half the field is closed for potential attacks. He, well, he's been playing wonderfully, I agree. Wide open for opponents. It appears Alonso has given all he's going to this season. The tank appears to be empty. I, I, I don't... He's I think carrying an injury. Yeah, exactly. And also, I, I don't think he was... Um, uh, I don't think... I think we've established he was never, ever um, as good a defender as uh, Chilwell. So, anyway... Um, should Chelsea change to a back four? No, I think this is too knee-jerk, Sam, I'm sorry. As it appears, we don't have the Manning to play the back three effectively due to injuries. Well, that's a possibility, yeah. A back four of James, Silver, Rudiger, Christensen could allow the defensive solidity we need to enable a midfield three of Jorginho, Loftus-Cheek, Mount, which could give better transitional play. There's also a possibility of three midfielders that would perhaps make us slightly more controlling the midfield, which would enable playing our wingers as actual wingers for which we, for which we would be spoilt for choice. It's true, it'd be interesting to see some of those guys actually play on the wing. Um, it also gives the ability, then you'd stop having James as a wingback. That's the trouble because James is great as a wingback. Anyway, it also gives the ability to use Lukaku as an actual number nine or create a striker partnership in front of Havertz in a creative role to bring back the diamond. A 4-2-4 may be another option, but I don't know if Jorginho would be up for that. No, I, I don't think he would either. I understand this will be difficult with the lack of practice time, but it now would be, now would be the time. There are two real practices before Zenit where you would debut, and let's be honest, this would essentially be another practice, a long trip home and one more practice before playing dirty leads. It's not an ideal solution as Rudiger wasn't great in a back four. No, he never was, no. Silva desperately needs rest. I don't agree at all. I think Silva's playing out of his skin. Sorry. Uh, as Pelicueta and Kante can't be lied upon, relied upon. Um, Kante can't be relied upon because he's injured. And Aspi is is no longer the Dave we knew. I think we've established that James is ahead of him in the packing order anyway. Um, everybody and their mum is hurt. An academy day against Brentford in the disgusting drink cup is the only real option. We may even have to play Saul and Barkley. I don't think it's a question of we may even have to. I think he will anyway. Um, with the list of injuries serious, 
with a list of injuries, serious thought has to be given to triage in order to ensure we stay in the hunt for the crown. I, I think he'd always play a uh, lesser team against Brentford. I believe we'll play better this season. We still come through as this as champions. Oh, good, Sam, I like it. Um, this is just the crucible which will strengthen us. Acknowledging the need for change isn't panic. It's smart management. And Tommy T must show those smarts now. Sam Cohen. Um, but you, you gave us a list of, of negatives and then you've come back at the end saying that we're going to win it anyway. So, you know, good. I mean, you know what? Uh, I mean, I, I don't agree with some of that, but I, I, I do think that Sam makes an excellent point about a change of system. And I mean, you know, Dan, if going back to what we were saying earlier, and I was saying, you know, too often teams will will not match us actually, because I don't know what 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 you know. I think basically when they match us and play three at the back, I mean, West Ham don't play three at the back, so they look shit when they try it. But actually, if they stick with what they know best, which is playing four at the back and three in midfield, what they they tend to find, like Villa did. And I think uh, Watford did, and I think uh, West Ham in the second half did. Then they've suddenly got this, uh, you know, they win the midfield battle a bit more easily because we get outdone. And I mean, you know, against Villa, Tuchel had to change it to put three in midfield. Against Watford, he had to change it and put three in the midfield. Um, so I think it's it's worth considering. Although I think that you know this is modern football, and actually we may start with the three four three or three four two one. But invariably, there's a tactical switch during the game when they'll go to, you know, five at the back or three, you know, three, whatever, you know, three, five, three, whatever. I mean, you know, he changes it in game. He changes the formation in game. But I mean, I do like the idea of three in the midfield and three up front with proper wingers, perhaps. But of course, you lose you lose the number 10s if you do that. And we know that most of our defenders cannot play in a back four. You're on mute, mate. <laughs> exactly my point you know you may seem very good points but none of our centre-halves can play in a, in a two that's a problem as has been proven time and time again so we haven't got the squad necessarily to to drastically change our formation no. unless we're going to bring in you know two new centre-halves who can play in a two comfortably then we're, we're kind of stuck with that formation and listen we've had a couple of bad performances before today we were we were, we were firing with a three you know Chilwell cannot underestimate what a miss Chilwell is going to be for this team. That's, you know, Cantor and Chilwell, two players almost irreplaceable. Because Alonso tries, but he's, he's nowhere near the, the level we need. Um, Reese James is Reese James. Any, anyone in the three that we pick would be fine. I just think we're kind of pigeonholed into how we have to play now because of the squad right now. Yeah. As, you know, so I think. Well, listen, we'll turn it around with Chelsea. We do it. We'll turn it around. I'm, I'm yeah. not worried. I just, you know, we had a bad day at the office. I think no. I think that uh, James and Chilwell could, I mean, because what I'm what I'm thinking of really is how Liverpool play. And they play four at the back and they use uh, Robertson and uh, Ter- Terence Trent Derby effectively yeah. as wing backs, but they're full backs. So they can do that. And they have three in midfield and they have these three very fluid players up front. So, I mean, I, I wonder if... You know, if Tuchel stays here long enough and we see some purchases down the line, because remember, in some respects, he's still playing with half of Conte's squad, if you think about it. Yeah. You know, and Conte figured out, didn't he, after Arsenal, that we can't play three, at the, we can't play four at the back. So you've still got that legacy. But um, I don't know, maybe further down the line, he'll go 4 3 3. Yeah. And I, has he, signed, he hasn't signed any defenders, has he? No. Nope. Too cool. No, nope. he hasn't signed any defenders. Nope. He's always kind of used what, yeah. you know, Conte and Frank have, 
and Sari have, yeah. have used. Be interesting, won't it? Hey, yeah. ho, right. We've got an email from Matt. Thanks, Sam. Good email. Matt Scott says, good evening, all. Hope everybody is well. We are. Hi. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. It's been a while since I've sent an email to you, gents. So here we go. It's safe to say, I think this is our first proper little wobble under Tommy T. I, I would say, yes, it's a little wobble. I would agree with that. Having picked up only two wins in our last five Premier League outings, which has now put us down to third. The result against West Ham is obviously one that hurts. However, one would argue that West Ham, in my opinion, were the better side throughout the second half. Well, you see, Matt agrees with me, you see. Anyway, looking back at the games against Burnley and United, they are the ones where we really should have picked up maximum points and effectively the games that put us where we are now. See, I think that is a good point because yeah, we can't fucking finish. Uh, anyway, I don't really want to make a drama out of the costly mistakes in which Jorginho and, and Mendy have made over the last few games. Let's not forget how much of a fantastic goalkeeper Mendy has been and how instrumental Jorginho has been for us since Tommy's appointment. I'm sure they will get back to being their best again very soon, particularly when Kante or Kovacic are back, I think, Matt. Uh, looking at the positives, one thing I think we can all agree on is that Mason Mount is back. Yes, we agree with that. Uh, he has to be starting every week now. He's back to full fitness. He's one of the few players that I think can play near on every game throughout December. He's a leader and he's proper Chelsea, and Tommy has to utilise that. Also, I'm really enjoying seeing Ruben back in the side. However, that explosiveness he possesses, I'd like to see a little more often. My only issue is I really don't think that Ruben and Jorginho are a defensive unit when playing together and seem vulnerable when we are without possession. Good point. Uh, why are we not looking at uh, the defensive machine we were some weeks ago? Like all of us, I'm only a fan who watches the games. However, in my opinion, there are three major issues in our side which Tommy needs to address ASAP. One. Jorginho and Rubin playing together does not work. Two, ZH is not good enough defensively. End of. Three, I'm worried about Alonso long term should Chilwell be unavailable for the rest of the season. He's good, but he's not Chilwell. Over to you, gents. All the best and up the fucking Chelsea. Matt Scott, JK. I think we've um, we've done this. I think we agree, the... really, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, Jorginho and Rubin playing together doesn't work. Um uh, I think Zayek is getting better. I, I don't quite agree with two. Um, I think we've established talking that Alonso is is um, we should buy somebody at Christmas if if Chil is unavailable. I agree. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Alonso is not an adequate replacement long term for Chilwell. Zayek's getting better and better, and I think Tuchel's trusting him a bit more. This is he's a very talented player. Zayek. He's kind of started got good form got injured never really had a run of games where he wasn't injured so hopefully now we can see you know what brilliant player was at ix coming to chelsea hopefully he can stay clear of injuries because that pass not many players in that team can hit that pass for the mount's goal because that was inch perfect you know Jorginho can't do it i don't see callum putting those sort of passes in i don't see Havertz putting those sort of passes in he's almost got a unique skill set for this team with his range of passing when he gets it right you can see how, how dangerous it can be. Yeah, wouldn't disagree with any of that, Danny boy. Uh, JK, we have another email from Gabriel from, Ewan. Who is known as Grizz, isn't he, on Discord? He, he's in Discord, yeah. And he's in the Premier uh, Predictions League. Oh, my goodness me, Grizz. Um, dear Chidge, JK, and beloved fancast crew. That's you, Dan. That's you. Oh, you're, oh, you're oh, thank you. Thank you. 
First of all, I want to say a huge thank you to all who contributed to the show, especially Chidge and JK. Ooh, thank you. You guys keep us entertained and well-informed all the time, most importantly, providing a true match-going experience for those who couldn't go to the games. For all those reasons and many more, I'm truly grateful. Ah, oh, mate, sweet of you. Uh, I've been following Chelsea since 1997, when I was six, born in Hong Kong during times of English colonialism. We were under heavy British influences in many aspects. With that, we were lucky that we got exposed to English football extensively. Even after Hong Kong was handed over back to China in 1997, that enthusiasm for British football continued to grow among fans. I first got introduced to football by my dad, who was a huge fan of football. He always talked about how good Hong Kong football was in his heydays and that we kept beating China. Ha! Needless to say, he had immense pride. As a typical strict Asian father, he would let me watch TV only when the news came on. <laughs> Funny thing is, I was never truly interested in the news happening in Hong Kong or around the world. I watched the news just because the sports section always came up at the end. I was deeply fascinated by sports and football is my sport. Like many English media, Arsenal, Liverpool and United were always talked about because they were dominating the league at the time. However, I had no care for teams in red. There was this team that was mentioned occasionally who has a really cool name in Chinese that involves cars. I love cars. I was intrigued. Then I saw the club crest and the jerseys the players wore. I was in love. Blue is my favourite colour and lion is my favourite animal. I told my six-year-old self, this is it. This is my team. Since then, I've never stopped following Chelsea, even if I was made fun of by my dad and all my friends who weren't Chelsea fans for supporting a team who could barely hang with the big boys. Pfft. That's P-F-F-F-F-F-T. Fast forward to 2014, the year where I discovered about podcasts. Naturally, I searched for Chelsea-related podcasts first. However, I wasn't really all that interested in listening to people talking. I was more of a visual guy. I found the Chelsea fancast and I saw an episode that was two and a half hours long. I said to myself, you've got to be kidding me. You're not, you're not the only one, Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped looking for podcasts afterwards. Big mistake. Huge mistake. What on earth was I thinking? I regret that decision every day. A couple of years rolled by and I'm no longer a student. I finally find myself interested in listening to people talk again. And I've been listening to the fan cast religiously ever since. So this is my confession. And I hope I've atoned my sins for my sins. In all seriousness, I cannot stress how much I've enjoyed listening to the fan cast, especially the 50 years of Chelsea episodes. I simply cannot think of a better way to learn about the history of Chelsea without the brilliance and vast knowledge of the fan cast crew. Truly amazing and proper Chelsea. Now back to the West Ham game. I have to admit, I hate 4.30 a.m. starts, but it's, it's um, 12.30 for us, obviously. The amount of times that 4.30 a.m. games screwed my day is nothing short of abomination. Nevertheless, I woke up on time and I watched the game. Again, disappointment. I spent half the day going through the five stages of grieve. We started the game strongly, controlling the tempo and possession. Thiago Silva, the ever-presence, headed the corner so precisely that the top spin of the ball beat a helpless Fabianski. Silva is a Chelsea legend, and we can never commend him enough. Agree completely. Agree absolutely. He seems to hold the secrets to reversing age and looks set to play another decade of top-level football. Give the man 
an extension. However, what happened next, I'm still struggling to wrap my head around. I couldn't believe the best quality that Chelsea hold, consistency of our defence, is the one thing that let us down. A dreadful pass back from the Ballon d'Or bronze medalist to the best keeper in the world ended up being a penalty. I was yelling inside my head, clear it, get it out, in bed next to my snoring girlfriend. I couldn't believe a goalkeeper of Edouard Mandy's quality would commit such an amateur mistake. It was like watching a horror movie. I give credit to Bowen, the slimy bastard, not for making us look silly, earning the penalty, but for the great strike that led to the second goal. Still, there's no comparison to Mason Mount's goal. I applaud Zayek for that wonderful cross a good 40 yards away of which Mount connected so perfectly, he volleyed it right into the bottom corner of the net. What a magnificent goal. Pure quality and an absolute Guinness moment of the game. And for this beautiful moment to be brutally taken away with the second equaliser is just the most 4.30am start thing ever. I fucking hate early games. <laughs> what comes next gave me papisise flashbacks. Yes, indeed, we mentioned that. That I don't want to talk too much about. But Mandy should have saved that with ease. It's worth noting that he's not playing like his usual self after conceding the penalty. He did, you're absolutely right, because he, he kicked the next one. Rudy Gasset gave him a pass, I think it was, and he just kicked it over, James kicked it over his head. I hope this is just a one-off into touch and that he comes back fresh and ready for the next game. It's always tough to swallow a loss like this, but we have to keep going. I've reached stage five and I hope we play our best football against Zenit to solidify the top spot for the Champions League knockout stage. One thing that remains worrying is the amount of injuries we're facing. The loss of Chilwell and Kante is undoubtedly the biggest reason we aren't as good as before. I admire Alonso, but he simply is no Chilwell, as we've been saying that, and cannot play as dynamically as Chile could, no. With that, we lost the tactical balance and being threatening on both wings, which, in my opinion, is why we've been playing so well and scoring so many goals. Excuse me, sir. Bless Sorry. You. Bless you. Thank you. Alonso needs time to get back to form. And now Tuchel just said he's having back pain. He should never cut his hair. Or oh, do you think it's connected? Yeah. It connect? Samson, yeah. isn't it? Samson, yeah, you're right. Oh, my me without Kante it felt like we were a little hollow in the midfield a lot little a lot despite his size Kante always plays like a giant and we need him back for games like this badly we need him back for most games I'm not going to get him there we're lucky to have a squad full of quality players some of them are coming back from injuries Pulisic Lukaku while others are simply not in the best form hmm. It remains to be seen how Tuchel integrates Lukaku back into the fold. His 45 minutes at the London Stadium didn't display much of what he's capable of. I remain optimistic, but Tuchel needs to sort that out fast. I'm unsure how the Saul experiment of left wing back would go. And I don't want to go through bloodbaths anymore for his sake. He better be actually ready to play when selected. I'm not sure he'll ever play again other than in the Carabao Cup. Anyway, I feel like I've been lingering on too much. Not at all. So I'd like to end the letter here. We still have a long season ahead and all to play for. I pray to have a full squad back after AFCON for the Club World Cup. The one trophy that I'd really like to win. Thanks again for all you do for the fan cast and us listeners. We appreciate you and I can't wait to get you a pint the day I come to England to watch a Chelsea game live. <laughs> Until then, take care and up the Chelsea. Best, Gabriel Hume or Grizz on Discord. Fabulous, fabulous email, JK. 
Yeah, wonderful. What wonderful. a what a cracking email. And and Grizz, it's lovely. I think Grizz is also uh, he joined the uh, Prem Predictions League late, but he's already leaping up the table. I think he's surpassed you. Uh, oh no. Yeah. But uh, I've gone up the table too, actually. I'm currently currently in 58th place, although I think I, I put 3-1 on Arsenal and they've lost 2-1, so I've screwed up yet again. Have they? It was all going so wonderfully well for me. Right, now, very quickly, uh, we're going to have a quick look at, um, ahead to Wednesday's game against Zenit, a uh, very quick preview. But before that, uh, we're going to draw the winner for the Art of Football giveaway, okay, which we did on Twitter. Uh, so we put up a tweet and you had to uh, like it, follow both us and Art of Football and retweet it. And if you did that, then I would put you into the draw. And the draw, uh, the UEFA Chelsea fancast draw, as we all know, the only way to do this is you have it in a pint glass, a Guinness pint glass. The boys can see this. That makes it totally transparent, JK, so that you know that I'm not cheating. Okay. I don't know. I can't see your thumb. Where have you put it? Okay, no, can't, no, you, I, no, no. Shut up! Time. You know that I'm not cheating, right? You've got all the all the little names written on these pieces of paper, all folded like they are in UEFA, uh, you know, Champions League draw style. I'm going to give it a good shake. I put my hand on the book. There you go. Real proper shake. Can you hear that? I can testify that this is being Chidge shaking his I'm hands shaking, violently. I'm shaking the tree, boss. All right. He's got something between his hands and he's shaking. Right, no, no, I can't actually shaking. I, right, I, I'm, right, okay. So hand in the glass, having yeah. a rummage around. It's not up my ass, Loz, you cheeky sod. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to pull one of these out. I forgot and the winner that. is David Chichi. No, no. I, I, well, uh, I'm not in the draw, so. Right, and the winner is... I hope it's somebody I know. It's... I can't believe this. This is outrageous. It's outrageous. They're going to think it's a fix because of what I've just gone and done. But you've, you've just borne witness to this, that I have not cheated. Can you... Can I don't you... know. You could have picked it up. Yes, the 100%. We, we, can't, we can't see the desk. And the winner is... Samuel Jackson. What? It's Gabrielle. Yeah. Gabrielle. Gabrielle it's, Ewing. It's Grizz. It's Who Grizz. just had wow. the email from. Wow. How about wow. that? But it was that's written. Bit, and that's you, a spooky. Yeah. Do you want me to prove that I'm not cheating, that there are, yeah. in fact, different names? Okay. Can I just, we look at all the other names? can't they're look all, at all of them because we need to go to bed, or I do. They're all, they're all Gabrielle. I, I picked one at random. Okay. Harry yeah. Povey picked at random, right? Gabrielle Ewing. No, Harry Povey. Don't be a naughty boy. And another one just picked at random. Uh, one James, James, uh, one James at Chelsea. They see, you can Gabriel see that. Ewan. It's not Gabriel Ewing. Gabriel, well done, mate. And it wasn't a fix. I did that about as fair, even fair. There were no hot balls there or anything like that. Well done, Gabriel. I will alert the Rich. people at Art of Football, and then they will get in touch with you, and they will give you a thirty-pound Art of Football voucher. Well done, you. Right, as Rich. I said, uh, we'll be back in a second. We're going to have a preview of the Zenit game. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. We are thankfully on the home straight because we're doing a very late shift tonight, uh, thanks to. Uh, being on BBC Radio London for an hour before uh, we started this show. Um, but, as always, I've got uh, the wonderful Jonathan Kidd with me. Hello, everybody. He's still just about with us. And uh, the wonderful Dan, Dan Silves. Hello. Now, hello, hello. talking of... Oh, I forgot to do this. I must do this in a minute. Twat. Never mind. Anyway, funny enough, I got a message about the BBC uh, London show that we did 
from none other than Kerry Dixon. Woo! He says, well done. I listened to the show and you spoke very well, in my opinion. It was enjoyable. That's, that's, that's good from Kerry, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah, lovely. So you actually listened to it, which is wonderful. Now, um, in the email bit, I forgot to include this one uh, in the script, which is a bit stupid of me. But then again, it did come in after I'd done it. But I cannot not read this out because it's from uh, Mel. Okay, the lovely Mel. Mel says, hey, guys, thank you for your podcast. My husband and I have fun listening. Whoops, I've just dropped the bloody phone. That won't up. My husband and I have fun listening. So I was wondering if you go if you guys could give my husband a birthday shout out. You'd make him one happy fella. He's a huge Chelsea fan, and so am I now. I grew up on Liverpool and Fenerbahce. My dad was a massive fan, and when I moved to the US for work, I thought, how on earth do I get into American sports? Then I met my husband, Andrew, the biggest Chelsea fan. I have to say, his love of soccer probably was one of the biggest things that attracted me to him, and many others, of course. We're big fans. Keep up the great work. Thank you for the chuckles and the insight, and an early Merry Christmas, and here's to a better year. Cheers, Mel. So uh, I think it's beholden upon us to say, well, have a have a fantastic birthday, Andrew. We're not quite sure when it is. It might even be today. Who knows? But have a great birthday. Thank you for all your support of us. Much appreciated, and we're glad that you enjoy listening to it. But have a great birthday, mate. JK? Happy birthday. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day. Happy birthday. There you go. <laughs> a birthday shout-out, no less. Now, uh, thank you, Mel, for sending that in. And uh, uh, I, I have to say, I'm going to pat myself on the back for remembering it, even if it was at the last minute. Anyway, quick review, or preview, should I say, of the Zenit uh, versus Chelsea game. Um well, we know what our form is, and of course we've only played Zenit once and we struggled to beat them. I think it's fair to say we struggled to beat them 1-0, or probably, actually, as I kind of recall, we probably battered them and just couldn't finish, but we won 1-0. Now, their form is, is weird, of course. I mean, you know, do we really need to know how they did against Nizhny Novgorod or the Urals or Dynamo Moscow or Sparta Moscow or even Arsenal Tula? I suspect probably not, even though they did beat Nizhny Novgorod 5-1 and Sparta Moscow 7-1. No, I think we have to go to the Champions League games. And they drew away to Malmo in their last match, one all. Uh, they lost 4-2 uh, away to Juventus. But interestingly enough, they lost only by one goal to nil against Juventus uh, back in October. So that gives you an idea. Now, I'll come back to that in a minute because, of course, as we know, it's, I've done my little team selection. JK, Dan, this is what I reckon we're going to play. Mendy, Rudiger. Christensen. So that means Silva's definitely starting because whenever I don't pick Silva, he always starts. But anyway, Mendy, Rudiger, Christensen, Aspilicueta, Hudson Adoy is the left wing back, Saul, Loftus Cheek, Reese James, and up front, Mount Lukaku and Ziyech. Discuss. Um, go on then, Dan, you get in there. I think he'll start with Kepper, personally. I think Timo will play up front instead of Ziyech. I'll not agree. Oh, but then the argument is, you know, do we, you know, do we, do we give some players much needed rest and just go with a, a bit of a scratch team? Bear in mind that, you know, yes, we want to avoid Bayern Munich, but we're qualified. Why, you know, give all these players who play so many games? What says she's a dead rubber? I know well, there's a chance. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know there's a chance we get Bayern Munich. Well, yeah, it's, it's not a dead rubber. Per se, but we're well, it's qualified. not. A de- I mean, we qualify, but I mean, you know, and I, I, let's debate the whether we should finish first or second in a minute because I think that's right. a, a separate okay. issue. But I'd take right, your then point. I, I would say that 
Kepa will start instead of Mendy, and I think Timo will be up front. Other than that, I agree with the team. I, I have a feeling that I, I mean the question really is, J.K. is is Lukaku really fit for a, a whole ninety minutes yet? And I don't think he is. <laughs> In which case, you'll uh, Werner. He'll play Werner, but no, I think he might give him a ninety minutes. I don't think he'll play a doy at wing back. I think he'll carry on with Alonso. What if Alonso's back's still screwed? Well, and I'm anyway, going on that basis. You know, he'll play a doy, but I, I agree you'll put him in then if that's the case. But I, I don't think he'll play Saul again. Uh, I think he'll play Saul uh, other than in the Carabao Cup because he's so dreadful. Yeah, but he's dreadful in the Premier League. You think this would be different? In, in, yeah. In yes, yes, I think he, he, he'd stand his own ground in this sort of game. Less pressure, less pressing. Oh, that would be this is the guy who's played 250 games for Atletico Madrid. He's I know, I know, a very talented footballer. No, I agree. And... He's very, very talented. But if he's playing, if he's so off the pace, you know. Yeah, but like, not at the Champions League, he won't be. People, I don't quite know where we go from here with him. I, I'm, I'm not convinced. I think he, I think Barkley might make an appearance mm. instead. Um, I um, wouldn't be surprised if he actually, digressing, he, he experiments with Saul, left wing back. If, Just if, if, if Alonso's not fit. Well, because he may have a view of Leeds on the weekend that he can experiment with Seoul in not necessarily, I know it's a, not necessarily dead rubber, but it's a game where he can probably afford to experiment with less riding on it than you would say in mm, a normal match. I'd agree with that. Well, I think he might play Zayek, um, Werner and Mount and put, keep, bring Lukaku on for another second half. Yeah. I think out of my selection, I think I think I don't think Lukaku will start. Actually, I mean, alternatively, he might give Pulisic a start, but he's he's been looking very off the pace, Pulisic, when he's come on. Unfortunately, he he just seems to. You know, we said it last season. He runs into a lot of dead ends. He falls over a lot with the ball. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I it infuriates because I love the guy, and I just we know how much talent there is when when he played in that season when we weren't there. You know, in the, in the COVID time. In Frank's year, he was he was he was our best player. He scored some phenomenal goals. He was so we know it's there. Can we have that version back, please? Because I loved that version. He was absolutely yeah, brilliant. I know. I mean, the, the conundrum is, I think, and that's what I'm trying to reflect here: who needs to be rested, who who can't play because they're injured. And I think if Jorginho's got a hip problem and Alonso's got a back problem, then they shouldn't really be playing. And if Havertz has got an ankle problem, nor should he. So I'm therefore presuming they won't play, which means you go with who's fit and you don't play who need who doesn't. You know, I think Silver could do with a rest. So that's why I've gone for Christensen and Aspie. Um, so yeah, it'll be very. I mean, the big biggest problem of all is if Jorginho, Kovacic, and Kante are not fit, which of course seems to be the case. You are only left with Saul and Loftus Cheek, really, if you want to play two in the midfield. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, it's as Harry Redknapp used to say, we're down at a bare bones. Oh, or Barkley. But but Barkley, I mean, okay, so you play you play no, no, uh, Loftus Cheek as a six. No, you're you're right, Judge. You wouldn't play Barkley because Barkley plays better if he's just up behind. Behind. He's more front. of a ten than an eight. He is. He is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. It'll be very interesting to see what he does. Now, going back to Dan's point um, about whether or not. Uh, it matters or not. He's right. We're qualified. We can't finish lower than second. Um, but of course, Juventus are playing Malmo at home and I can't see Juventus not winning that. So that means we kind of do have to win this one if in fact we are to finish top. Now, I kind of agree with you broadly, Dan. It doesn't necessarily play out that if you finish top, you get an easy draw or if you finish second, you get a hard one. I mean, 
last year was a was a well, I mean, last year we ended up with a letter game with Drib, which we're all rather worried about. But yeah. you know, we 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 obviously won through that. And I remember there have been times when we've finished top and we've ended up with bloody Barcelona or something stupid. So I agree with you. There's no guarantee, but surely you know, if you finish top, you get the home draw second, which is an advantage. Yeah, and you should avoid one of the big big dogs, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, there's, there's every, every sense says you want to come top, but. You know, still you could end up with. I mean, you could end up with Barcelona. I don't know who's ended up with the Leti. You could up. We could up with a really tough team. You want to avoid Bayern Munich, the one team you want to avoid. I don't fit anybody in the draw, aside from Bayern Munich. I think on our day we could beat anybody, but Bayern Munich are just that level above everyone. I think. And, and we can't. We can't play City or Liverpool, obviously next no. round. So we automatically I, avoid them. I think my, my view is the bigger picture is, is is what's more important tomorrow. We're already qualified and. Just take a chance we don't get Bayern Munich and resting a few players need a rest because Leeds on Saturday, I think to me, is a more important match. Yeah. And I think we just take a chance. If we get better, listen, you get to win the Champions League, you've got to beat every team on the way. If we have to beat Bayern Munich, then we've got to beat Bayern Munich. Yeah. So be it. Yeah. I, I think Jonathan, he's I don't think he really has the luxury of 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 of, of being able to, oh, I'm just gonna rest players because it doesn't matter. I think he's he's struggling to get a team out at the moment. Um, well, once again, we don't quite know the extent of the injuries, though, do we? You know. Uh, well, if one presumes that Jorginho, Havertz, and Alonso are out, let's if we assume that, then as I said, there are only two fit mid- midfielders left in Saul and, and Loftus Cheek. So that's that's struggling to get a team out in my book. Is is there anybody that we've missed from the uh, from who's been on the bench before? Who might suddenly make a bizarre. Appearance? What about Lewis Lewis Bate and uh, Harvey Vale? Is, I don't even I don't really know anything about Harvey Vale. Lewis Baker. Lewis Baker, I meant. Where did Bate yeah. come from? I don't know. Baker. Is, is he? Well, Bates is a Bates gone to Leeds, didn't he? Or yeah, yeah. Brighton or something. Yeah. 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 Um, listen, it's, that's price of success sometimes. Mm. No, I, listen, I think we, wherever team puts out, we should be able to get a positive result against them. They're not not particularly good side, Zenit, at all. Why do we only beat them 1-0 at home then? Because it's football. We won. And we struggled. And- it's also we, going to be minus 18 out there. We missed all our chances in the home game again. Yeah. The same problem. Yeah. Like, lack of precision in the penalty area. Yeah. Could have won that game three or four. Story yeah. of our season. Okay. Um, it's going to be cold, but, you know. It, uh, do you, find, do you find any of the players who wear gloves tomorrow on Wednesday night? If they, if they have short sleeves of gloves, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see the point why you wear gloves with short sleeves. Well, because you want to keep your extremities warm, mate. Yeah, but you pull, so you probably, probably, probably wearing a cock sock as well. They're, they're extra small in some players. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand that the whole point of like short season socks, uh, short season gloves. I mean, why? To be fair, long sleeves. To be fair, your, your your fingers do get a yeah. bit nipped. Yeah. I don't know, JK. In my day, it was deep heat everywhere. I'm listening. We could could be Spurs struggling to qualify from the Conference League, so I'm not too fussed about tomorrow. In fairness, sorry, Chidge, it, it was white horse embrocation. White horse embrocation. Yeah. Oh, hello, Miss. Hello, hello Major. No, that was before my time. We had deep heat. We used or to ogle. rub it on. Ogle. Yes, and ogle. Don't, don't fall for the old put deep heat in your trousers, mate. It makes you feel better. No, it doesn't. On, on legs, 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 and particularly legs, legs and hands. Uh. You know, Benji, Benji Toe wants to know, this is a very important question, actually. Benji Toe wants to know, does a cock sock work? 
Um, yeah, if, you, if your underwear is tight enough. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. That's the, you have the definitive answer from JK there, Benjito. Now, um, how do we see it going, JK? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Which probably won't be enough to finish top, possibly. Well, it depends how um, Juventus do against Malmo. Juventus aren't doing very well at the moment. Mm, okay. Uh, Danny Boy? I think we'll probably win 2-1, 2-0. I think we'll have enough for them. I think whatever team puts out, we should have enough for them. Because I think they've, they've qualified for the Europa League anyway, so it's, they're irrelevant for them anyway because they've come third anyway, so they've been in the Europa League. I think we'll probably get 2-1, 2-0. Yeah, but pride's at stake and, and also they're playing the Champions of Europe, you know, and I think people raise their game, they want to beat the Champions of Europe. So I, I think this is going to be quite a tough match. I think it's going to be tough because we you know, struggling to put a side out for a start. Um, I do think the fact that it's it's Europe and not the Premier League is possibly a help because even if he does play, and I think he will play Saul and uh, Loftus-Cheek, uh, I think that will help Saul because I think he'll get more time, you know. I think he'll get more time, and he'll he'll that'll suit him. So on that basis, if we're up for it and we're at it, we we are a better team than them, even if it's basically whoever <coughs> we can put out. So, but I don't think it'll be easy. It'll be fucking cold, and I think that Zenit will be up for it. Uh, so I think I think I think we will be doing well to squeak a one nil, and that's what I'm going to go for. So there you go. You've heard it here. So JK says 1-1. One, one. Dan says 1-0, 2-1. What did you say? 2-1? Uh, I'll go 2-1. 2-1. Two, one. Two, one. I say 1-0. I mean, let's hope so. Because I, I do think, you know, I do think it's important to finish top, even if it's only because we get to play uh, the home leg second, which I think is important in Europe, even though it's is not it, about away goals anymore. But Is it on early, Chich? Well, yeah, I, it is. Actually, yeah, having said that, though, there's no, I forgot about the away goals, Ross. It's almost... A moot point. Well, it, it, yeah, I, I know, I know what you mean because they don't, they don't matter anymore. But having the second leg at home, you know, yeah. you've got the home crowd behind you. You can really give it a go. I'd much rather be at home than away in the in the second leg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think Tommy Tuchel. I think he's just such a brilliant manager. I, I wouldn't fear it. All joking, so I wouldn't even fear playing Bayern Munich. I think he'd have enough yeah. if we got a fit squad. Enough if we about got a fit him. squad. Enough about him to get us through. If we've got a fit squad, which at the moment we haven't, sadly. Anyway, that is enough from us tonight, that's for sure. Uh, Right, so what's going on? Well, me, JK and Martin will be back this Friday for the preview show to look ahead to Saturday's match against Dirty Leeds. And we will also, of course, be looking back at the Zenit match. And uh, I would imagine, in fact, I know that tomorrow uh, we will be releasing uh, the uh, Went to Mo Kings Meadow post-FA Cup final win podcast uh which and we should have said basically today uh, you know yesterday the the ladies did us proud they were fantastic weren't they Brilliant. you I went, went, I went, you went didn't you i went with clifford um uh who did i go with ah i saw kenny rice there cliff and oh my god mine's gone blank but they chelsea were absolutely superb they absolutely battered arsenal i mean frank kirby is genius footballer first time i've seen him in the flesh absolutely brilliant she reminds me a bit like eden hazard she's center of gravity Stocky, just brilliant. And then Frank Kirby and um, Sam Coe with that little lob for the third goal. Brilliant goal. We, Ramirez. We Sam Ramirez. Yeah, and when she saw the reaction afterwards in front of us, just sort of going, oh, that was a great goal. We should put five or six past them. Absolutely brilliant. Arsenal ladies, shithouse fouls all the time. The referee was diabolical, not sending a couple of their players off. Mm-hmm. Some of the tackles were abysmal, but 3-0 should be six. 
brilliant atmosphere. So many kids and families there. Absolutely fantastic afternoon. Really enjoyed it. Great stuff. Well, well done, the ladies. Anyway, you can hear all about that. Uh, Dean's uh, got a podcast out uh, soon. Um, I think he releases it to his Patreon people first, and then I put it up a day or so after. So look out for that. Went to, to Mo King's Meadow on the ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors as well. Uh, you've heard me witter on about Patreon a lot, so um, if you do like what we do, uh, become a Chelsea Fancast patron, which uh, helps me to cover the cost of running the shows and all of that. Uh, and carry on doing all of that uh, but uh, there's no pressure I mean there really is no pressure if you want it great if you don't it's not a problem I still love you anyway um, as little or as much as you want as I said we don't have any tears or anything like that because basically I do bugger all with Patreon really apart from two very important things one you will be sent a Kerry Dixon mini banner so a replica of the big banner we got in the Matthew Harding and uh, of course you can join our discord group which is great fun and is becoming a very integral part of the show may i say and well done and big up to the discord people so if you want to join in with all of that uh then uh you can uh join it at patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast and uh of course emails you can send emails or questions via discord of course but otherwise just send them to chelsea fancast at gmail.com and we will endeavor to read them out with jk's bestest voice the premium voiceover artiste of his generation gets to read your email out you should be paying for that privilege i should be paying for that privilege you know for god's sake so there you go nobody else can offer you that that's for sure right you can follow us as i said at chelsea fancast me at stanford Chid, jonathan at jonathan kid dan at dan silv 73 that's correct yeah it's amazing because i never i never ever edit this bit so that means i have pressure to remember what your twitter handles are but there you go um there we go. That's it. Uh, Dan, always, we've had a double dose of Dan, Friday and Monday. Lovely to see you, mate. That's great to be here. Always, always great fun. Yeah, it's always good to see you. I'm really sorry I missed yeah. you in the pub last time. I, I'll try and make it on Saturday, but I, I, it might be tough. The, the traffic's fucked, so am I, so I'll do I my best. Maybe a quick one after the match, maybe. Maybe. If I'm having to drive my wife's posh car, I might have to swerve the booze, because mm. I'll tell you another time but it's complicated. My car's... Somebody uh, basically took my wing mirror clean off uh, over the weekend. I only found out today. So, And my wife's got a very posh car, and it's a works car. So, yeah, I'll be in trouble if I do any damage to it. But anyway, I'm I'm wittering on. I'll see you one way or another, Dan, that's for sure. JK, you and I have been Trojans tonight. What a marathon. I'm fading fast. You did very well. You did very, very well. Thank you very much, both of you. You've been lovely. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, uh, I enjoyed the BBC London thing. That was lovely kind of uh, nostalgia, like the old love sport days, wasn't it, with Aaron? It was. It was uh, It was a good show as well. It's good to condense it into an hour, but it's good to come back then to being able to discuss all these topics. Yeah, definitely. No, it's much more fun. Um, well, not much more fun. It's just it's much more fun doing that kind of show and doing this show as well. It's just been it's brilliant. It's a different, different discipline. It's a different discipline, indeed. It's been great fun. Uh, Mixler people, you've been absolutely bloody fantastic, as always. Love seeing you all in there. Thank you also for the many of you I know who listened to the BBC London show before we started this one and who sent in messages and stuff. Really appreciate it. So there you go. Uh, we will uh, be back soon. So thank you for listening. See you on Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.